Hello and welcome to the Split the Screen Awards 2020. Whoop, whoop, what a year whoop. it's been. What a great year. What a fantastic year this has been. And we've got, we get to talk all about how great this year has been in this. Well, for, for, I'm biggest for gaming at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been mixed. And even that with, with gaming, it's been pretty mixed as well. Yes. But um, welcome. I'm Biggest Benus or Ben Ostwick. And I'm Ed Nightingale. Ed, how are you doing, Ed? I'm good, thanks, Ben. I've just been busy making a Yule log. Uh, not a euphemism. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I heard it. You, you forgot to turn the mic off and I could uh, I could hear the flush. <laughs> Shocking. Um, no, a chocolate cake Yule log. Um, with a, a dash of log. a dash of peppermint in the in the in the icing, so a nice chocolate mint cake. I've eaten half the mixture already, so I'm now feeling oh. quite sick. But all good. Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> As I'm there trying to, uh, yeah, not to you know consume any chocolate or anything too bad for me. You're there they're talking about these peppermint chocolates. Who, who diets oh. at Christmas? Come on, Ben. I don't know. I, I've. Don't ask me. Anyway, we have... How many awards do we have, Ed, today? Because this is the Split the Screen Awards 2020. The Game of the Year stuff will be uh, next week, yes. next Thursday, which is New Year's Eve. Yep. Because it's... Happy Christmas Eve, yeah. Ed. It's today. Definitely today. It is today. <laughs> definitely today. We definitely recorded this on live on uh, Christmas Eve. Not recorded. I don't know what um, you're talking about. Yeah, how many... Um, sorry, yeah, not recorded. Streamed. Streamed it. How many awards do we have today? We have 12 awards today. Um, some jokey, some semi-serious, um, and all based totally on our opinion. So these are only games that we have played, so we probably missed the load. <laughs> so apologies yeah. in advance, but this is just our opinions of what we've played and what we've enjoyed. Uh, what Ed means to say is this is complete fact uh the winners are the uh objectively Definitely. correct winners Definitely. of those categories if we haven't played a game it wasn't worth playing so there you go so this is the official we don't even need to put split the screen this is just the awards 2020 yeah. the, the official only awards. awards that you need to watch or listen yeah to. this is actually the most prestigious gaming awards uh that you like in the world yeah Galaxy, I'd go fire us. So. Yeah, absolutely. So even for the debut, even yeah. So we were talking, we we're talking about our, uh, you know, how serious some of these are. Now, I am from England. I don't live in England, but I am English. Ed, I am also English. Ed is also yeah. English. Yeah, despite that accent, he is English. We are now going to look at the first category, which is the best depiction of. Ingerland. Which I feel we are uniquely able to comment on. <laughs> yes. We, <laughs> being British. <laughs> I feel like this is, yeah, being British. We can talk about the best depiction of England. So, yeah, this year has seen a few games that have got kind of things based on England. Maybe not necessarily, you know, England itself, but actually based on England. So let's reveal the first nominee. First one is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, second one, Watch Dogs Legion. Okay. And then the final one, Pokemon DLC. The uh, Isle of Armor Crown Tundra. They're the three. So obviously Pokemon, not necessarily... Does it say England? I've not played it. No. So 
The uh, so obviously the game came out last year, but I'm still counting this because the DLC was this year. So it's still one of my most played games from this year, and it's set in the Galar region, which is very loosely based on the UK. It's essentially the UK upside down. So you start in the south, which is all rolling hills and sheep, which is very sort of north of England, small town, um, and you slowly work your so way. It's not Wales. <laughs> No, not quite. Well, kind of, maybe. Um, and you slowly make your way north to the very top, where you end up in Wyndon, which is basically London, which is where all the cool people are. It's where the story ends. It's where... Doesn't sound like London. You no, know, it's, it's like the best place to be. Um, there's even a big sort of London Eye-esque thing. Um, so, yeah, that's... It's, it's essentially the UK upside down, but the, the two DLC packs, well, one pack, um, the first is the Isle of Armour, which is kind of the Isle of Wight, which is small and basic and nothing really happens there. So quite authentic. Um, aside from the fact there is a dojo there and a fighting Pokemon that you have to get, which I don't think is particularly British, but fine. And then the Crown Tundra happens in the very south of the map, uh, which is essentially Scotland. Um, and it's full of sort of fairy tales and folklore and it's snowing everywhere, which again is kind so of Scottish. So the best depiction of England, England, one of these is Scotland, because that, that's going to annoy some people, Ed, if we give that. Okay, well, maybe we should have renamed this best depiction of Britain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to upset some people, I think, uh, if we give Crown Tundra. Sure. Um, um, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's loosely based on it. There are, there are bits that are sort of similar to, to Britain, um, the one thing that annoys me is that everyone calls you mate and that's just a pet hate of mine. I'm like, <laughs> don't call me mate. I'm not your friend. Mate. Like, no. Um, so all right, mate, everyone does that in England apparently. Um, yeah. so that's the only thing I don't like, but it's, it's a loose depiction and it was gently British in a nice way. Nice. Well, I didn't play it. I played a bit of Pokemon and got bored and turned it off. Shocking. But we I have like both it. played a bit of Watch Dogs Legion, although I only started it a couple of days ago. Um, and I wanted to play it because I wanted to hear how bad the British London Cockney accents are, and they are as terrible as I thought they would be. Because apparently, what do you mean the town? They all sound like you. Ed. Everyone, <laughs> please. Aki, no, mate. All right, mate. How's it going, governor? Like no one in yeah. London talks like that, apart from a very small oh. proportion of people in like East London. Cab drivers. Yeah, like you are more likely to hear like. Italian or Chinese or American or like any other language or accent than a Cockney accent in London because it's one of the most diverse and multicultural cities and yet there is none of that in the game. <laughs> it's yeah, just... I'm annoyed because I I played it and I wandered around. I tried to look and find the place where I used to live and I was like, no, it's, it doesn't exist. There were a few places that I knew were kind of nearby, but. Yeah, my actual, the street taste of living wasn't there, so I was very upset. However, I did feel like it, it definitely gave me a sense of Britain, and you could kind of navigate yourself around based on some of the uh, like some of the structures. Yeah. Although the Battersea uh, power station, I didn't realise that was in central London. <laughs> I haven't got that far yet. Um... Oh yeah, it's it's closer than the city. Oh okay, <laughs> <It's>, sure. Uh, <laughs> very yeah. No, like I, I stumbled unusual. on Buckingham Palace and was like, okay, I can go over Green Park. I can get to Piccadilly, I can go at Regent Street to, to Oxford Circus, and you can follow those landmarks and, and work your way around. Um, there mm. are nowhere near enough tourists, there are nowhere near enough people in general. Um, the fact you can yeah. drive anywhere oh, is, is a the miracle. future, they've all been wiped out. 
Yeah. But that's true. That's true. So it's it's a condensed version. I like you can find your way around by landmarks, but there is a lot missing. Soho is practically non-existent, um, which is basically the the LGBT area for anyone who hasn't been to homophobic London. game. So it's yeah. clearly homophobic. Um, and also just the salaries of people that you find is very strange to me. You know, there's there was one guy that I found who was like an 18 year old games de- developer on over 100K. Sure. Um, someone else who was a 50 year old investor on 17K. Someone else who was uh, a babysitter on 9K. I'm like, you definitely cannot afford to live in London on that salary. Um, so it's just it's very mixed and very unrealistic. Do you think it's like a team of Americans that have gone over and been like, let's go and make a game about London? Probably. Well, was it American or was it made in Canada? Because it's Ubisoft. Nah. I can't remember what we're going to. So we're going to upset Scottish people and Canadian. <laughs> no. So sorry, wild. <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft Montreal often do it. I'm not sure if they were doing it. Yeah, I can't uh, remember which team it was. But yeah, it's Sounds... they, they probably went to London and looked at, looked at some maps. But I don't feel like it really captures the essence of london as a city unfortunately okay so this is the best depiction of England. we've got two that we're shitting on now now the third one let's hope this one is a good one because we've got yeah assassin's creed valhalla which i am yet to play but from what i understand it's basically a load of evil british people who hate who hate immigrants so that to me sounds pretty accurate (laughs) yeah pretty much no i'm playing it It, it's great so far like I, i literally just did the first seven six hours uh in norway over went over to england and i've been traveling around yeah look visually obviously you can't really compare it to england right now um and some of the my favorite places i haven't been to yet i i do love the fact that yes they probably base because assassin's creed teams do like to base a lot of things on real historical areas maybe mythologies Mm -hmm. mixed in there but they base it on you know like there's a town in here there's a town there and i'm i visited it and it was quite a big settlement and it looked quite interesting i was like i've never heard of this place like i literally never ever heard of it and i googled it and yeah there's only like two thousand people now but apparently it was really big you know well into the past when the vikings when they were invading so yeah that was uh really interesting it's actually made me kind of yeah if i'm playing a game and i've got google next to me and it makes me kind of search for things i can tell that you know it's something that i really enjoy and have you been Um, googling the history as well Is, is the history accurate a little bit uh, I haven't really got to many parts that are all about the the history. Like I've only played since getting to England. I've played maybe eight or nine hours, and I've just been traveling around, just kind of unlocking certain things and, and following the main quest. But yeah, none of the side missions or anything that's really like strictly based on uh, on history. Like there, there is there's a certain um, there's like a certain plot line that I'm doing at the moment where. A king has been replaced, and I'm not sure if this is just in the game or if you know if it's based on something realistic or not. Could quite well be. Um, however, I am really excited about going up to Jorvik. But Jorvik yes. is where I'm from, where I'm up. I'm from up there near York, and Jorvik is so. There's all these. It's split into regions, mm-hmm. but Jorvik is like its own region within a region. So I'm like, okay, that's probably end game, <laughs> or it's somewhere. There's going to be something big happening there. Yeah. And I can't wait to get there and be like, oh, my God, because I know York really well. I used to go every week and it will be really interesting to see because there's, there's certain areas. There's, I can't remember what place it is, but it was a really a big. Oh, what, which one was it? Somewhere in the south. I don't know. It's not important. It's in the south. But they, they compared like the castle or the entrance to the city 
in the game and now and like how accurate it'd been in both of them okay. and i really like that attention okay. to detail and i hope they did the same with uh york aka Jorvik. i mean it's a pretty and the only thing i would it's a pretty say is a bit place. weird is like the place where i am at the moment is kind of middle of england and you can see the mountains and the mountains look like it looks like you're in nepal it's <laughs> like the mountains are huge we do have some mountains in the uk i don't think they're quite as bigger than an impressive not in, as, not in the midlands <laughs> yeah you can't see them from the midlands no <laughs> but uh, so that's the at least that from screenshots and videos it does seem like it's capturing the beauty of england's countryside and the rolling hills oh, and yes. all of that and that is at least a positive that we can say amongst these three games yeah it's uh, yeah i mean as like a gimmicky one i would have said like yeah watchdogs is kind of a gimmicky london you know tourist central you go there have a wander around go and see all the the famous uh, monuments pokemon's kind of loosely based on the uk yep. and then valhalla is a really nice throwback and i find it really really interesting to go and see hey this is what england is like or was like probably is still hundreds like. of years ago <laughs> yeah well uh, scotland i hear is a bit similar <laughs> it's not moved on much <laughs> sorry i'm only joking um but that being said i was drawn more to uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey but maybe I just need to play some more Valhalla probably probably you haven't you haven't played enough the game of the year discussion yeah maybe that so does that mean are we settling on Assassin's Creed Valhalla as the best depiction of England this year I would say so I'm I'm happy with that because I've shat on the other two so let's go with Valhalla Well, that's the thing. So we've got uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla as our winner. Uh, we have to give a runner-up. Oh, do we? What would you put as the runner-up <laughs> out of Watch Dogs, Legion, and the Pokemon DLC? I mean, Watch Dogs is more accurate, but Pokemon is a better game. But this is depiction of England. I know. I just, I can't, I can't vote for those Cockney accents. I just can't do it. I feel, what? I feel... As someone living in London, I, I feel offended by that. As somebody from the North, that's all they sound like to me. Wow. So, I mean, maybe maybe that is... Maybe you're just not used to it because, you know, living there. Maybe that, yeah. It's like when you don't realise you've got an accent when you're growing up and then you, like... Yeah, but I like definitely you, don't talk like that all the time. Thank you very much. Could could you please do that from now on? I think. Right for the rest of the stream, right? I'm just going to talk like that. It's like Janet Street Party. No, it's not happening. <laughs> well, apart from so depiction of England rather than English people, what about? Well, yeah, Watchdogs is only London, in which case Pokemon at least encaptures the whole Scotland. of of, uh, of England and Britain. So it's loose, but I enjoy it. Hmm. Oh, it's a runner-up. Let's for, just then. do it. <laughs> runner-up. Watch Dogs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dear. Pokemon didn't even come out this year. Um, <laughs> and also the DLC that came out. What was Isle of Armour meant to be again? Um, Ireland. Like the Isle of Wight. <laughs> okay. Kind of. Oh. Won't give them any... Uh, yeah. Isle of Wight. Right. Fine. Uh, so, okay. Right. This is going well. Our best depiction of England is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And uh, runner-up, Watch Dogs Legion. Okay, next one is... Best Backlog Game. Which is basically just an excuse to talk about old games. (laughs) 
yeah, these are the best games that we've played that we've gone through our backlog. Sounds so wrong. This. So we've had in our backlog and we've gone and played and finished. Get out of my all backlog, of these then. <laughs> All those games. I always I love playing backlog games. <laughs> Just clean your hands after. There's yeah. So the backlog game. These are yeah games that we played this year. They didn't necessarily come out this year. Yes. The first game is Fire Emblem Three Houses. And the next one is Final Fantasy Fourteen. There are quite a the few, other one. FYI, just to warn everyone. Okay. <laughs> quite a few examples. Yeah, okay. The other one is Gris. Gris. Or Gris. I believe. Gris, which means pig in uh, many uh, Nordic languages. <laughs> Pokemon Shield is the next one. And do we have any more? There's more. Yeah. Ring Fit Adventure. Lol. And Devil May Cry 5. Or V. No, no, that's five. just uh, Metal Gear. There we go. That's it. Five. There we go. Okay. So. Where do you want to begin then? Um, Should we say the one that I don't think should win? Okay. Which is? Um, well, I mean, I've played all of these with varying to varying lengths. Okay. Um, I didn't like Pokemon. <sighs> Shocking. I mean, I will say I played it a lot this year, um, but that's mainly because of the DLC. I did start it last year, and it is after Animal Crossing my most played Switch game. Um. So I've, I put a lot of time into that, trying to catch them all, which I still haven't actually done. So I've played it a lot this year. Have I enjoyed it the most? Maybe not. Maybe some of these other ones I enjoyed more. But uh, it's it's a great Thank game. You. Well, I will tell you the, how every single Pokemon game goes. You get your three Pokemon, then you set off, and there's some little thing. You then get to a gym, and there's a problem with the gym leader. So you help the gym leader out then you can go to the gym and then you've passed through it then you go they go oh, go to this next place for uh, for their gym okay you go to the next place and on the way there's maybe a meeting with somebody that you don't like or it's whatever whatever then you get to the gym and there's a problem with the gym leader oh oh they're up at the lighthouse okay so you've got to go to the lighthouse and you talk and solve the problem so ben what then you go back what you've done there is you've identified something called structure Oh, it's so it's all the same. They haven't even developed. Well, they, to be honest, they shield. They did do something real. They broke the mold. They had one specific area. I think it might be two in in the end, where you can turn the fucking camera around. <laughs> and apparently that is groundbreaking. Well, the DLC is completely like that, which does make it good. I mean, I will admit, mm. it shield was the first Pokemon game I played since Blue. So for me, same. I same. skipped all the other ones. Um, because mm. apparently it wasn't cool when as I, as I was growing up, but then I decided, screw that, I want to play S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so it was a nostalgic adventure, and I very much enjoyed that. Um, Do you want a nostalgic adventure? I, I lied, actually, there was another one I played quite a bit of. Let's Go, the Pokemon Let's Go oh, yeah. games. Very good. They try new things, which, bloody hell, Pokemon trying new things, it's just, uh, yeah, no, unheard of. But they... So they use red and blue. Or, no, it's yellow, I think it is. But it's from, like, yellow counts first gen. Yes, I think it is, yeah. isn't it? One to 150. And, like, 
you don't fight the Pokemon. You like a, there's a way of catching. You have to use your Joy-Con. I was really annoyed because I bought a when it first came out. I bought a Switch Pro controller, and then they were like, just for Pokemon, let's go. Because mm -hmm. also a yeah, and then yeah, there's no there's no com. It's you must use your Joy-Con. You must use. I think it's just one Joy-Con as well. Of course. Um, but actually, in the end, it worked out that that worked really really well it was novel you could see this is the first time i think that you could see pokemon just wandering around that's pretty much what you went for yeah let's go for me was so was much better and it was a lot more promising i was like oh wow if this is the way the new way that they're gonna learn like they're gonna do battles i'm all down for it and then no here they go then they go to another gym oh there's a problem fine okay if you're vetoing pokemon shield i am vetoing final fantasy 14 which I appreciate is a strong move. And yeah. I'm vetoing that. Do, do we get one veto per round now? Well, we've got, what, six options here, so we need to get through them. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm okay with that vetoed. I mean, my, my excuse the reason for is that, you haven't played Shadowbringers. Exactly. No, my next... excuse for that is that yeah. I haven't, I've only been playing the base game, so I'm catching up. That's yeah. why it's very much a backlog game. It's something I haven't oh, played don't... until this year. I'm catching up. The yeah. beginning is awful. It's boring as hell. Mm. I've done, yeah. you know, if you think Pokemon is boring, then Final Fantasy yeah. fourteen is boring as hell. Um, let's, let's call this a realm reborn because uh, next year Shadowbringers is going to win this category. Okay. I can, I'm just saying that now. Next year, you heard when it you here finish first. Shadowbringers, you, they will win this category. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm vetoing that because it was boring. So I've slogged okay. through it. It's knocked off the backlog, but it was boring. Yeah. Well, so I'm vetoing I'm glad it. you... I'm glad you, it was that one. Okay, Gris, I played a bit of... I actually played Gris the day it came out. It was pure coincidence. I was just looking at the... Because I used to do a thing where I'd play on a Friday. I'd go into the Switch eShop on a Friday, mm -hmm. download a game that looked cool, and literally that day, Gris came out, mm -hmm. and it had some good reviews, downloaded it, kind of enjoyed it. Well, I did enjoy it. It was nice, even though it gave me a headache at one point. How long did uh, you but... play it for? Because it's literally about three hours long. Yeah, well, I played the whole thing. Fine. Because I played it this year, because it's on Games Pass, um, and I absolutely loved it. Um, for anyone who hasn't played it, it's like a puzzle platformer game, sort of. Um, and it's essentially about grief, um, but it's all very abstract, so you can sort of interpret it how you want to. It has oh, stunning visuals. How it's many of them are there? Hand-drawn and, and, and sort of watercolour painted. The music is amazing, um, and it's sort of, when that all comes together in this big climax towards the end, like it, it really hits you in the feels. Um, and end, it's three yeah, hours long. You can whip through it in an afternoon, and it's a really, really beautiful little game. I just, I don't think it did anything new. There are so many of these games where they go for the feels with the nice music and the nice art, and it's all about grief. <sighs> Maybe I'm cold hearted. You have a heart of stone, Ben. <laughs> and I thought I did, I like, but wow. Oh, no, it's just, I played that, and you know what game I preferred? I don't know because I can't remember the name of it. Great. Uh, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> I preferred a game, I can't remember what it was. Oh, what was it? Was it? No, you might know this one. It's the one. It's all of it. It's about grief as well. And it, spoiler alert: is it called the island or something? No clue. You go through um, the six. There's like six levels, and all the levels are based on the stages of grief, and you don't realize that really until the end, and it really hits you. I will. I will find that okay. because otherwise this is going to annoy maybe, me. Maybe I'll add that to the backlog. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Your backlog is getting big. Now. 
Uh, Ring Fit Adventure, I have not played enough of this year. <laughs> same. <laughs> a lot of people are saying the same. <laughs> because that was uh, something I got for Christmas and uh, had planned to do like all the time. And it hasn't made my top played games. I haven't played it enough. Um, but I have played it a fair bit and I'm still playing it now, which, you know, is a good thing that it still lasted me bit by bit throughout the year. Um, Rhyme. Oh, Rhyme. Rhyme was the game. Oh, yeah. Or I played Rhyme. That was good. Yeah, did that hit you in the feels at the end? I, f- I felt that like Rhyme was mm. better at doing it than Gris. See, I actually preferred Gris. Oh, Gris, so, yeah. yeah. I kind of preferred it because it was a bit faster, but... Gris was shorter. Why is it called Gris? Anyway, how's your Ring Fit adventure going? Oh, well, I, I looked at my... I looked at my total time, and it says, played for a little while. So was <laughs> so that five minutes? <laughs> I think that's less than an hour. Did you do a little stretch and thought, yeah, that'll do? <laughs> yeah, but are we are we starting this thing tomorrow? Did, I don't know if I got your agreement. Uh, I haven't, 30 yet, days of Ring Fit. I'm yet to decide. <laughs> also, the name of it, Ring Fit. How fit is your ring? That's not good. Or how many things can you fit in your ring? <laughs> what an adventure. Cut. Cut. So yeah, the best backlog game um, will this will probably be nominated a few years in a row. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Yes. But I'm going to try and do 30 days in a row, so I'll give a better impression afterwards. Fine. Now, Devil May Cry Five, I received last year. Um, I think it was a birthday present, but I then decided to play through all of the other ones in order, except two because wow. why? Because two is terrible. Um, so I went back. I plugged in my PS2. And I played through one, I played through three, I then played through four, and then eventually got to five this year. So I was playing it a little bit later. Um, and it is absolutely brilliant. Um, I think it's, in terms of gameplay, it's probably the best of them, I think. I think you can see, when you play them all one after the other, you can really see the progression of the battle system and how it's changed. Um, and they've added in more and more bits and pieces to really make it a really intricate but accessible battle system. Um, so that really comes alive, I think, in the fifth game. Um, story-wise, it's all right, but it's sort of... I, I think story and world-wise, I actually prefer the very first game because it's had that real sort of gothic horror kind of feel to it, and they've moved away from that a lot. Um, but it's got great visuals, great soundtrack. Um, it, it's amazing to play. The only thing I didn't like was the design of the characters because Dante has sort of got very old and he just looks strange to me. Did you fancy him in the previous one? Yeah. And now he's a bit too yeah. old. Yeah. Like, Dante was hot. Yeah. But he had this sort of slightly anime kind of style to him and now they've gone really like Western realistic and he just looks a bit odd looking. Um, mm. So I was less keen on that. Um, but it's a phenomenal game that actually I really want to go back and play again because it was, it's not too long and it just, it's just really great to play. So that was a great game, but I don't think yeah, you played, I played it, right? it. I have, I finished oh, it. Oh, you have. What did you think? Yeah, it's forget, forgettable. Oh dear. It was all right. I finished it in one sitting and people, and I finished it in like five hours. Um, and like, I am really, if I play a game, I'm completely oblivious to what's going on. Like if something... Something that could be really obvious coming up will be like, oh my God, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Like Rhyme, for example. Rhyme, spoiler alert, is like about the six stages of grief. I had no idea. I didn't, I was like, oh, this is a nice new theme to this level. And then this one. And then there was like, there's the bits of um, 
like FMV and stuff or, or some kind cut of cutscenes that are um, yeah that kind of explore that even more. I had no idea. And, and so yeah, you only noticed five. that at the very end. Yeah, pretty much. See, that's how. But Devil May Cry Five, there's a mysterious person that appears called V. And I was like, well, that's obvious who that is. <laughs> and they made it out as this big reveal. They even called it, they even had this, well, I'm not spoiling it, but I was like, is it meant to be a surprise who this person is? Look, Devil May Cry is not known for having a good story. <laughs> it's kind of schlocky, but it's fun. You're there to just kick demon ass and make it look yeah, cool. The, and Oh, the gameplay itself was good. Yeah, phenomenal. But I, I played through it. And then got to the end and finished it. I was like, okay. And then, but some people say, oh, like, yeah, you want to play it definitively because you want to play it again and again and again. Yeah. I'm like, no, I really don't want to play it again no, and I really again. I want to go back and it. play it again because you, oh, you've got all your new moves 5, that, you've, that you've unlocked, and then you can go back and get a better score. And and you know, you're a trophy hunter. You should be up for that. Oh, uh, how easy is the platinum? Probably not very. No, it's <laughs> yeah, it, uh, no. I mean, I like it's not a bad game. I'm not shitting on every game. So what we're leading up to basically is that Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to win this, right? <laughs> I well, that's why I'm shitting on all of the other ones. Good. No, <laughs> um, I mean Fire Emblem Three Houses is. I mean, it is. Phenomenal. I, yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm I'm going to say it. It's my favorite Switch game of all time. Wow. Better so, than Breath of the Wild. Better than Animal Crossing. It is my favorite, and I've just recently I've been thinking about it, and I'm definitely going to go back and continue the stories because which which house did you pick? See, I picked Blue Lions. Okay, and I'm really glad with that because uh, I thought it was a yeah. I went with my gut, uh, went with Blue Lions because yeah, if anybody doesn't know, the game is kind of split into two, um, but it, well, it's split into three choices. Uh, the first part, I'm not going to give any story bit away, but the first part is pretty much just shared between whichever you pick. There are certain, there's obviously some quite big differences in the characters that you interact mm -hmm. with. But then after a certain point in the game, these three paths completely separate. Um, and the fact, how interesting, the thing I found really, really interesting in this is you can then go at the end of the game, replay it and pick another house to choose yeah obviously there are three um and then see the story from the other side because i'm like what happened to this person why did this person just become evil like what is wrong what yep. was like going behind like what was the story behind their turn and i've been told yeah people that have gone through this other person's uh story have been like oh yeah i stuck with this person because i believed in what they believed and i'm like oh wow okay i really want to go and play that so despite yeah, it is my literally my favorite switch game ever and i'm probably not even halfway through what i want How to do in that game because i want to go stuff. through all of the stories i mean i'm, I'm the exactly. same like, i chose black eagles because magic um yeah. and they're sort of the magic-y house or more more magic -y than the others um but again like i've played through it had my one story and thought i desperately want to go back and play that again but i know that that's going to take however many more hundreds of hours to do you know all the different stories so it, in terms of a backlog game, it will definitely keep you going. And I, I started it last year, and I thought that I actually had uh, not played that much this year. And then it turns out that it's my third most played Switch game this year, which meant I played a wow. lot of it in January, February. Um, yeah. So I look, I am, I am more than happy to crown that game because it's not better than Breath of the Wild, but it is, yeah. it is definitely like 
top five at the very least of uh of i was about to say there's no weapon degradation but there actually is <laughs> yeah there is um, um so i am happy to go with fire emblem because it is a phenomenal game really is such a good story such an interesting story so you are you which one did you sorry i wasn't listening because the dog decided he wants to uh, sit by the door and, and whine did you say you oh, yeah, played through any others other than uh black eagle no just that one so i need to yeah. go back and play it again so it's still on the backlog yes and the dlc was amazing i haven't played that either the DLC came that's out another year. reason to get, to get oh, into it the dlc just to quickly before we move on i know we're going to end up running a little bit here but um the dlc <laughs> for five yeah well there's some that are very quick categories uh the dlc for fire emblem a i hold something in my a little special place in my heart because it was i was on the front page of twitch streaming it and um to like eight and a half thousand people which kind of was the start of this year's wild antics of twitch <laughs> but like that uh, and also ruined all like the stat graphs because now everything looks tiny <laughs> next to that one day um but then that was but it was really interesting because a lot of the battles had special conditions that others didn't right. so in the past it was just like kill these people or kill this person yeah. whereas this one it's like okay you're doing this but you're being chased so you have to can you have to like kind of lead other people out of the way um i can't remember all of the other conditions but i remember every single battle they were a lot tougher a lot lot tougher than the ones in the base game but there were like these conditions special conditions in them that make me think oh i want to see what this next fire emblem is going to be if they're going to go down that route of yeah these battles are not just kill the enemies you also have to deal with something else nice mm. okay well i'm going to make an executive decision that our runner-up is devil micro 5 just to piss you off and let's move on to the next award. i played it i played it to completion in one day because i was like <laughs> let's get this out of the way but yeah I am down for Devil May Cry being our runner-up. So far in the distance, you can barely see it, but it's it's the runner-up. Shocking. <laughs> okay, shall we do the next award, okay. which is next for <laughs> best? <laughs> we, we we need to move this along, uh, which is for best music slash score. Okay. Um. So the best music score. The I was about to. I was about to make Final Fantasy VII remake the winner already um let fuse so we've got final fantasy 7 remake fuser sorry one second let me just go and let this whiny little shit outside um don't you dare talk bad about atty I, I don't know why he's whining but he's whining and uh he needs to go down he needs a cuddle i'll give him a cuddle atty atty there we are no doubt in about uh right <laughs> No doubt in about five seconds. Oh, I've already, yeah, look at me bolding uh, Final Fantasy VII yeah, All right, let's remake. jump the gun. Uh, Haven is the other one. Sorry, I'm sure I'll be barking to get in in a minute. Uh, so Final Fantasy VII remake, Fusey. <laughs> oh, there we go, not even a minute. Haven. Uh, no straight roads. I think that's the other one. Okay. So tell me about Haven while I go and uh, force the dog to remain downstairs. Excellent. So Haven, I only played... Uh, or started playing a couple of weeks ago uh, because it's on Games Pass. And uh, it's this great little game about a couple who are stranded on this alien planet because they've run away. They're sort of star-crossed lovers. Um, and it's uh, you, you explore these different sort of islands of planets, um, collecting resources and flying around, um, effectively to build up your ship so that you can escape. Um, but it has this really, really great soundtrack that I genuinely was sat listening to on Spotify, which is always the good 
a, you know, a good sign of a good, uh, you know, a good music soundtrack. Um, but it's got a really cool sort of like dancey, synthy uh, kind of soundtrack to it, which is uh, genuinely really well done. Um, even just the, the opening introduction alone has this really cool animated intro uh, with a really, really cool track to it. So it's a, it's a soundtrack that I have gone and listened to on Spotify myself, uh, which is why it's up here. Um, but this, I could also say the same about No Straight Roads, which is another soundtrack. Even my Spotify top songs had No Straight Roads tracks in it. Yeah, mine did. DK West. Jeez. I mean, that's my least favorite of all of them, but sure. DK West. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching you watching you play that on stream. I did it. I played it. It was... Uh... I enjoyed some of it, but for a game that's all about music and beats and stuff, the actual action wasn't really on the beat. And yes. That's one of the reasons why... Like, I really liked the, the DK West was one of my favorite parts in it. Um, but it was really difficult. And the extra difficulty was that the controls were not very crisp mm -hmm. and you didn't like every time i died in that like i wasn't concentrating on the music i was concentrating on trying to you know control the two triggers because i think that's what you had to do yeah. and it just it was just a complete uh mess yeah that's the problem with the game is that the enemies attack you in time with the music but you don't attack mm -hmm. them in time with the music so it feels a bit weirdly loose like you're you're dodging in time but also not and attacking yeah. but also not um so yeah, in terms of gameplay, it's just that mix of gameplay and music just didn't quite work for me. Um, but the music alone is so good. Like the, it's, it's essentially, if you haven't played it, it's it's um, it's going through different styles of music, and it's like a boss rush, and each one represents a different genre of music um, in this vinyl city of of different musical styles. And uh, there are some really, really cool ideas behind the boss battles. You know, the very first one is this DJ who like spins planets instead of spinning decks. So it's like all like EDM. One, yeah. And the whole thing is EDM versus rock. So what's cool about it is that it has different styles of music for the bosses, but it's all still built around EDM dance music versus rock. And depending on how well you're doing, those styles will come in and out. So if you, it will start off as being very, very EDM with like heavy beats and techno. And then as you do better, suddenly the guitars start to on the fly sort of mix in and, and other drums and vocals. Um, so it, the music changes depending on how you're playing, which is more of a gameplay thing, but it does make some really, really cool mixes um, in the music. Um, so, you know, there's that one. My personal favorite is this mermaid, sort of it's under, all underwater and it's like a sort of uh sort of hatsune miku kind of idol thing that's a mermaid and the tune is an absolute banger and i will not hear a bad word about it um well you hated it clearly but no the no i would have enjoyed the music more if the controls were that like i had no idea what i was doing in that boss battle um yeah and i was just stressing out that's the thing with the game it is ruined <laughs> well not ruined but it is made worse by the Control. Just make an easy version, like honestly, an easy mode where I can just go around and bash buttons. That would have been fine. But these mechanics that they had, they didn't make sense. Uh, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I just, I think I got through it somehow because I think when you die, you, you still are brought back. I had no idea what was going on. Um, so especially what you're saying, Ben, is that you don't have a sense of rhythm. 
if that game, hey, I have a sense of rhythm. <laughs> I've played Thumper before and Res Infinite and Tetris Effect. Therefore, I have a sense of rhythm. Okay, fine. Um, well, you also need a sense of rhythm for Fuser, which I know you haven't played, and not that many people have played. Um, but it is a really, really good music game to the point where it's barely a music game and it's actually more music software. Effectively, it's like a DJing game. And mm. I'm cheating somewhat, including it here, because it's basically all uh, popular music from the last few decades. Um, so it's made by Harmonix, who did uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Mm. And it's a DJing game where you have essentially four decks and you have this this wealth of different tracks divided into pop, dance, rock, country, jazz, Latin, whatever else. And each of those um, songs are split into four tracks. So drums, bass, keys slash guitar and vocals. And so what you do is you then take the different parts of those songs into your four DJ decks to, to mix them together. And it starts off very simple of just mix them together and add the tracks in time with the beat. And then there's a crowd that you're trying to please. It's all set at like music festivals. And there's a crowd that you're trying to please who give you requests like, hey, we need more drums or we need a track from this decade or we need this style of music. And you have to add them all in as, as you're DJing. But as you progress, you can then do all these little intricate things of changing like the the, the, the beats per minute or changing the, the key signature or adding in multiple drums or adding in sort of different ones to all add in at the same time and it's essentially like music manipulation software like you are literally DJing so it starts off as like a game and literally through the the single player campaign which is essentially just a tutorial it's teaching you to mix music so it's actually really quite complicated um mm. but it allows you to make some really really cool mixes of tracks that a totally distinct in genre that you would never think would go together and you can mix mm. them in really, really cool ways. Um, and that makes it a really, really, really good music game. Um, it's cheating slightly because it's not an original score, which the other nominees here are, but it allows you to really make some cool stuff. So that's why I think it's still deserving of, of best music here. That was a long that's run. Amazing. <laughs> no, I, I am captivated by that and I want to play it. Please do, please do. It's because I used to really love. Good. Do you remember a game called EJ? Dance EJ. Back in the day, <gasps> yeah. That I played the shit out of that. Same. <laughs> I played so I played it so much, and I used to show my grandma the uh, finished results. Yep. And I remember showing her once, and the one thing I can remember was my. I was like, "Good grandma, I made this song on the oh, on the game," uh, and my and then my grandma was like. Huh? That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I love the surprise. I her, yeah, she was like, okay, Ben, because I was, what, nine or ten or something, and it was on, like, it was a demo. It wasn't even the full version. Oh, it was, like, a demo that my, that my dad had got from some, like, PC magazine. Yep. And, like, I remember just, like, how shocked. She was like, oh, God, a nine-year-old made some music on the <laughs> on the computer. Um, was it No Limits? The No Limits, uh, there's, like, a sample of No Limits. Okay, yeah. There's No Limits. Yep. And... I did it with another thing as well. And, and these two were, when I put them together, it sounded amazing. And I did like a crescendo and all this stuff. Nice. I mean, that replicates brilliant. proper music software. Whereas mm. Fuser is more sort of gamified. It's all done on a controller. It's quite simple controls, um, but it 
very, very much ramps up in difficulty. So it becomes a lot more complex to the point where I almost wish I was playing it with a keyboard instead. Um, okay. But it's it's all done through a controller and it's it's sort of, you know, if you think Guitar Hero and Rock Band was essentially just hitting buttons to play other people's music, this is Harmonix taking things a step further into literally creating your own mixes and being more creative and not just copying other people's music. Okay, so uh, the winner of Best Music Score is Fuser. Well, we haven't talked about Final Fantasy VII Remake yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Which I know you are going to want to talk about because I know you bought the soundtrack. So yeah, I played Final Fantasy <clears throat> VII Remake and within two hours of playing it, I was like, holy shit, the music is brilliant. Because I knew the music from Final Fantasy VII original because I've played a fair bit of it. I haven't finished yet. A fair bit. Uh, but I've played i got to the temple of the ancients which i think it's is like not disc even one. disc one come on <laughs> oh. well i got there um and it was so i knew the music but i played like two hours and i am a sucker for good a good score in a video game like it will transform it that's one death stranding death stranding didn't have the music i'm not sure whether i would have finished it or would have been I'd have pushed through some of it but like it just it's so good it, it made it death stranding one it made it my game of the year last year music was up there probably like top two reasons why it was up there um but five seven yeah so i was two hours in and uh was like okay i need to buy this soundtrack and i could only find a soundtrack from japan and it was something like 67 pounds and then i got it imported it's an eight cd soundtrack it's uh oh, where is it i think it might be downstairs because it's near the near somewhere where i can actually put it in oh no it's here let me sh let me show you I know this is a podcast, but... Yeah, listeners, you're going to really enjoy seeing this. So you'll all be able to... I'll, yeah, can I have some audio description? In fact, you can't even see it, Ed, because you're... Uh... You're not even on camera for me, so... Not even on camera for you, but yeah, this this is the thing, this box Ben here. is now revealing some CD boxes. Yeah, not CD boxes, so this... Oops, why is my nude in there? No, joking. Then in here, yeah, we've got all the, yeah, but it's like there's an art book in there and there's a little jewel and all sorts. It's amazing. And I haven't listened to it yet because I don't have a CD player. Right. <laughs> and I plugged it, I put it into the PlayStation 4 and it didn't recognize the disc. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah. But I'm sure it looks pretty the, as a box set. It looks, it's a collector's edition, but. I mean, if we're talking uh, a little grand orchestral scores from the year, I think yeah. it's the best one. But can I, uh, another little thing is that this game. So my older brother, um, he is he's in his forties. His favorite game by far is Final Fantasy VII, the original. He like every time I talk about it, he'll just be like, "Have you played Final Fantasy VII yet? Um, or have you ever have you finished it yet?" And literally all his life, he has loved Final Fantasy VII, and he's actually playing the remake right now. Uh, I will talk about his response another time, but he interestingly enough when the first game came out he loved it so much he just told me today that he imported the soundtrack from japan <laughs> so it's uh interesting how we've both done the same thing but with the the different versions of the game but, you know it is beautiful listening to honestly the luckily well this would have been my number one played song 100 percent on spotify if it was on there but i think it's the only streaming software that it's on is apple music and i'm not paying for that nope. just for this one album but you can, it would be like my number one played is Ares theme or the Final Fantasy VII like actual theme tune. Yeah. Because that is just... There's there's one bit, of, just as a last point on this, there's there's one bit of music, I think there's one chapter 
maybe chapter nine, I think. And I think it's where you're on the way to Wall Street. Do I mean Wall Street? Okay. I can't remember what it's called. Good. Um, and you, um... you've got Aerith with you. And it's just this like really gentle kind of twinkling starts coming in. And it's just the most beautiful piece of music um, mm. that I honestly would just listen to again and again if I could. Yeah. So Same. It's I think stunning. we both love Final Fantasy VII Remake and want that to be best score. Yeah, I do. Do you? I do. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That's why I was putting in bulk. So I'm pretty sure this is the way it's going. And it is. There we are. Final Fantasy VII Remake is our best score. What should we put as runner-up? I'll let you choose. I mean, because I'm... Yeah, you played well, two of them. I played all three. Yeah, I played all three. I mean, Fuser is sort of cheating because it's not original, but it is still great music. Um, Haven's really fun. No Straight Roads made my top Spotify listens of the year because I listened to that Mermaid song so many damn times. So I think for that reason, I'm going to go with No Straight Roads. I'll happily join you with that. TK worse, TK worse. Or TK Max, as uh, Monty calls it. <laughs> TK Max, TK Max. Okay, okay so the that, next. That was award number three of 12. Good. Yeah, shit. Well, some of them are a little bit uh, faster than others, Good. but the next one is best narrative. Ooh. So, best story. We have Hades. And we have Tell Me Why. And that's based on the, uh, is it Eric Prid's version rather than Backstreet Boys? Yep. If found, return to sender. And 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. So, Ben, I know that you've only just started playing Sentinels' favourite Rim. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's, what it's about? So the narrative in this game is very mixed. So it, there are three parts of the game. One's like an encyclopedia that you unlock. Um, that's like the third part. The second part is the are these top-down battles. They're interesting, they're fun, but you don't want to play too many because you get bored. But the main part is just called the narrative. And it's based on... It's very sci-fi heavy with so many sci-fi references to real-life stuff. War of the Worlds, E.T., all of this. But it's set in Japan. It's kind of like a visual novel. It's like a visual novel with certain paths you have at the moment i think i've only locked about 10 of these stories but i'm guessing that there are 13 stories mm -hmm. and you progress through these 13 people's stories they interlock they you know interweave they you know there'll be people that you uh, meet the way that it's done in this is that it, it introduces characters quite slowly so you're not getting completely overburdened um which actually what i thought would be like in Fire Emblem, but quite quickly you get to know them. Mm -hmm. They do the same here. So you choose somebody's story, you play... Well, right at the start, there's the prologues. Everyone has got a prologue, um, and you unlock maybe, let's say, eight prologues in the prologue of the game, and it's just pretty much, this is how it starts, and then you go to the end, and then it's the prologue's finished for each of these. And they're about 10 minutes each. Then I'm now into like the main game, and... It's becoming a lot more mixed where you, if you make a wrong choice in one of these 15 minute, 10 minute adventures, you get to like a dead end or you get to an end where it finishes. And it's like, well, that's not the actual, that's not the true end. You need to go and change some things. Luckily, it, it tells you what you should do. Um, or it tells you kind of, it gives you a big hint to say like, hey, you should maybe go to your house at this point. And 
it's very complicated <laughs> so far. Like me trying to get, because I am crap with names. I love games. I, God of War was great. Like there was like three characters in that. I like games that have so really few characters that I'm not going to wonder who they are. And because they've got uh, Japanese names, my brain just can't quite grasp what they all are because sometimes they'll call them by the first name or the second name or sem uh, senpai. And I'm like, oh my God, who's that one again? And there's also two characters that have got pretty much the same hair. And I might be nine hours in before realizing there were different people. <laughs> but like these, so this kind of stuff does confuse me. However, when you're about to choose which one you're, because you can do it in whatever order you want. Um, there are some that get locked at certain stages. But like, yeah, you will do your play as one character, as one little, you know, 15 minutes or so. And then at the end of it, it'll finish. And then you can choose another one, but it tells you at the top, like, who, the, the like the last part of their story. And you're like, oh, okay, thank God. So it helps you remember. Okay. But the problem is it's all split up. So it's not in order. Um, there's a little bit of order to it right now. However, there's quite a lot of time traveling in it. So you've got these 13 different stories. There's time traveling involved with names that are kind of complicated. We're just focusing on the narrative because the, the visual style and, and even the voice acting is fire emblem. Well, the, the, the visual is just stunning, but the voice acting is very, you know, you know Mercedes in um, Fire Emblem? Ish. Hey, Ed, how are you doing? Yeah, it's like wow. a woman doing an impression of a baby. Okay. <laughs> and there's a girl in there who's very similar. Just It might have been the same voice actor, who knows? But it's, it sounds just like Mercedes from Fire Emblem. And yeah, the voice acting is a little bit iffy, uh, but just the art style is gorgeous. But I know this is based on narrative, but I just think it's a really unique way of telling the story. The story's well, that's what very was, gripping. That's what I was going to ask. You know, this this rim game does it do anything? <laughs> just, I'm just going to keep saying rim. Um, the rim. Yeah. Does it do thirteen anything, rims? <laughs> thirteen rims. Does it do anything unique or original? Because the other three, I would argue, do. But does this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like that's the reason why people are calling it game of the year. Who or said that? Poly Polygon, the best, oh, it's the best PlayStation game, they said. Okay. Um, it really, yeah, because it's, so for, for example, Detroit Become Human, I mean, terrible game, but this, is, that's like, you just follow your own path and you go along it. This way, no, there is a, there is a correct narrative mm -hmm. and you must follow it. And also these little chunks, because you do, because you can choose whoever you want in whatever order. These little chunks are amazing for like 10, 15 minutes, but they're also deadly because it's like, oh, just one more. Yep. Oh, just one more. <laughs> and I feel like every single one of these makes me go, oh, at like some point. And then I'm like, okay, why did that person do that? And then I'm, okay, I'm going to go and check out this other, per that person's uh, story next to see why and it's like when you get into it's, a book and you just like, oh, one more chapter because it's quite short. And, oh, you're like, oh, and then suddenly you've finished a book in a day. Yeah. And I didn't. So I only recently got to the part where I realized that there were dead ends to these stories. I thought it was going to be a bit like Detroit where you're maybe you're making a few different choices, but it's just literally a visual novel that you're clicking X on uh, to move to the next scene. But it's, it's not that you do have to go back. And I, I find like repeating some of the same areas and changing some of the choices that you make make you uh, make the story make you absorb the story a bit more um so you're it's easier to understand and easier to follow i'm sure also i'm i'm only like 10 hours in 
it does feel like longer because I've done so many of these little mini chapters and I've done quite a few battles and there was a nice, the intro is really nice. But I've been told that a bit later on there is something, because this is when I stopped reading the Polygon article, because <laughs> apparently there is something a bit further than where I am that shakes everything. Ooh. But it's also got really, really cool, um, really cool references as well to sci-fi. Like there's pretty much you, there's a, you find a robot and you pretty much do exactly what they do in E.T. It's like you hide okay. it uh, with under a pillow and then you're carrying it. And it's like, even its eyes, even it, it looks like it. And the, the big enemies in this game look like the monsters from um, War of the Worlds. And I've been told that there are loads and loads and loads of other um, sci-fi references that I haven't found or I haven't got to yet, which okay. is really interesting. But this is the same kind of company. Oh, this is the same company that did, um, well, it's Atlas, but it's their, um, oh, Vanillaware. What else did they do? I'm going to have to remember. Have a, have a Google. Um, I mean, I, th I feel like that's enough rimming for today. Um, yeah, they, they did... Um, no, keep, keep, keep talking. Keep talking. Um, I am going to talk about If Found because I only played that this week and finished it and I was tearing up at the end, properly crying, um, which for my cold heart very rarely happens. Um, it's made by Annapurna Interactive that do a load of amazing narrative games. Oh. And um, <clears throat> I'm not going to spoil too much about the story. It's not super long. You could probably play through it in an afternoon. It's set in Ireland. And it's about um, a trans girl who comes back home to see her family. And mm -hmm. it's about sort of her being or not being accepted by family and old friends and things like that. And I'm not going to say any more about the narrative and about the story um, because it's something you just you have to experience. It is ultimately uplifting. Yeah. It's a touch on the emo side, but it really really touched me in a lot of places um no, uh, touches rim. of places of the game that came out wrong i'm sorry <laughs> rimming on the brain uh, um it's like it's it's just a really touching story um really heartfelt but what makes it really interesting is the fact that um you are it's told through a notebook or through like a diary um with all these notes of and drawings of what happens but to, pro to progress, you have to erase everything. So the cursor is literally an eraser and you can play it with the touchscreen on the Switch. Um, and you literally go through, so it's like you're erasing everything that's happened and erasing, you know, considering it's a trans narrative, it's sort of like erasing the old person. Um, mm. So it's just, it's a really interesting way of telling a story. Um, so it's not just a good story, but literally the mechanics of how, how it's told, I think are really interesting and really unique. Like I haven't seen that anywhere and it really fits with the character and with the story. So for me, like if found in terms of narrative is like one of the best things I've played all year for sure. I am going to be playing this on Sunday. You should. So, uh, <laughs> we will be talking about this. I imagine during the game of the year stuff. Yeah. So from one trans narrative to another, we then have Tell Me Why, which I haven't played yet, but you have. Yeah, I loved it. It's, um, it is like Life is Strange. It's based, it's from the Life is Strange people. It is, yeah, with the new, oh, what they called again. Um, by the way, uh, the Vanillaware, I hadn't played any of the older games. Great. That was good yeah. reference. Well done. 
Yeah, it's the Nia people, I believe. I oh, know Atlas, which is uh, Persona. Okay. Um, so, and the tell me why. Tell, tell me why. Me tell why. me why. I mean, that was on here. It's a, it's a. If you've played Life is Strange, you'll like this. If you like, if you played Life is Strange and you thought, I want a bit, uh, you know, deeper story, less annoying emo children. <laughs> it's that. Um, Honestly, it's it's just like a it's just a really interesting story that's focusing on uh, two people, two twins. Uh, one is oh god, it's, it's been such a while since I played it because I played it when it came out and I played it on stream, and then when I finish the stream, I tend to kind of forget everything about the game. So uh, did it have an impact on you? <laughs> personally, yeah, it had a well, it had a more, it was had more of an impact on people that. I was streaming it with, okay. which had the impact on me. And it it includes a trans narrative, but it doesn't just use that as the only story. Mm -hmm. um, there are other parts. It's mainly about a murder of somebody and you're trying to work out why or who killed this person. And, oh, but well, that's kind of earlier on. You're trying to find out why this person did something. Okay. Hence the name. Tell me, why. Tell me why. That's pretty much it is. It's a mystery game. I'm really bad at explaining uh, this game. I'm not sure why. I, got it. I think it's because it's been a while since I played it. And yeah, it's... I don't know if it's because I'm just tired How as well, does it but... tell the story? Or is it just a good story in itself? It tells it well. The Like later on, you, you make some big choices. I... Oh, that was the thing as well. Yeah, you choose what to believe. So that a couple of times you get two choices and it's like, well, who do you believe? Whose side do you believe? Okay. And quite near the end, there's a choice. And one of them is probably like the real one. And the other one is trying to kind of deny the truth to kind of lead, you know, to just, you know, bury it. So you don't need to even worry about it. And I chose that choice. It upset a lot of people. <laughs> and apparently no one else actually chose that choice. So that was interesting to see. You know how that finished okay. um like tell me why the best narrative it is just 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 come play it and, and try it out you're not gonna miss you're not gonna have any issues luckily it was one of those great games that came out as an episodic release but they only wait you only have to wait every week uh you have to wait one week for the next one yeah so i waited okay. um and we like literally did it as it came out every thursday the community i did i played it with was excellent I felt like the emotions in that were real. They used actual, you know, they used a trans character to voice the trans, uh, trans actor, <laughs> actor um, to, to voice the trans, the trans character. character, which is nice to see. Absolutely. And it's got wonderful representation in it. When it comes to the narrative, though, yeah, it was very good. Okay. I wouldn't say outstanding, but it was very good. So let's talk about Hades then, because in terms of story, it's pretty simple. It's just escape hell. But I think what makes Hades an interesting narrative is the way that it's told, in that it is told through all these little bits. Every time you die, you go back to the beginning, uh, because it's a roguelike game, um, but you get little snippets of conversations and story moments with different characters. So it really gives this sense of the Greek gods being this kind of family um, with all these little in-arguments and in-jokes and things like that. Um, so the actual story is very simple with Hades, but I think the tricky thing with a roguelike game is by design, you're going back to the beginning again and again, 
and repeating the same gameplay again and again, but it's randomized. Mm. And so that can make roguelikes quite disheartening when you die and you have to go back to the beginning or whatever else. And I think what makes Hades such a successful game overall is that because, because of the way it tells this story, it really weaves the story into that idea of death. So it makes death fun. Like, it's not a bad thing if you die because you get to see more story as you go backwards again. Yeah. Um, so while it's a simple story, I think that actually it's a really nice way of telling the story. Um, it's, you know, it's quite intricate in these little bits and it makes you want to keep playing it more and more and more. Yeah, it's nice for a roguelike for, to do that because I'm a fan generally of roguelikes. Not a lot of them, but the ones that I've played so far, I you know, I really enjoyed. Dead Cells is currently probably my favorite, yep. although Hades, I'm sure, will overtake it eventually. Um, and that's the one thing I really like about Hades is like the fact that there's a lore, there's a story to it. It's kind of interesting. They've got quirky, it's all voiced as well. Mm -hmm. And then they've got uh, there's a nice bit of humor and interesting characters. And then you've got that nice codex if you've totally forgotten stuff. Yep. And I mean, the actual game itself, there's many things we can talk about it in positively. But when it just comes to like, yeah, narrative, I really like Hades and I really like the story. And like the story itself makes me, I want to finish the game. I want to do a complete run. Uh, I haven't played it that much. So even though I bought it back in 2018 when it first came out, um, I, or the, the alpha did, yep. I'm like invested into this in the story where I want to, I want to complete it and see what happens. Yeah. So in terms of our winner then, like Hades is mechanically interesting. For me, mm -hmm. if found has a great story and it's mechanically interesting. So I know you haven't played it, but I, I, I think my, my top pick from these would be if found. Out of these, my top pick would be, um, well, obviously I've played Hades. I've a fair bit of Hades. I played through Tell Me Why and I'm playing through 13 Sentinels. And I think if there's one game that I'm going to remember the story for, 100% it's going to be 13 Sentinels. Because um, of the rimming. All right. So yeah, always on. who wins? So I mean, tell, no, I feel, I feel bad for Tell Me Why because I don't know if it's because I'm tired as well, but I can't really kind of put into words why that was good. But it was it was it was very good. I wouldn't say it was outstanding. There wasn't anything that kind of blew me away. It was very slow, which I don't mind. I don't mind a slow game. In fact, some of the my favorite games are slow games. Yeah. Uh, God, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah. I like. In fact, I've got some. You know, some of my best friends. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but uh, slow games. But it, it was there was kind of some interest in it. There was a bit of obvious stuff coming up. In fact, I. It plays the whole. Life is strange bit where there's a mystery and you're not supposed to know what the mystery is, but you kind of know and it isn't really a surprise when it yeah. happens. I feel like, um, tell me, from what I understand, Tell Me Why is impressive more for its representation than it is for the story itself. Yeah. And I, you'd feel a bit bad for just saying it, but it, it, I don't want to just give it that because of the representation. The story itself, it will mean something different to different people. Um, okay. I know someone who a trans person who loved it and then they said like I liked it I played it I never want to play it again because <laughs> it brought back memories of yeah. when they were uh, coming out so yeah I mean 13 Sentinels if found I'm happy to give it to if found because I am only like 10 hours into 13 Sentinels maybe when I finish it I'll be like why the f did we <laughs> give it to 
that we found. But you're going to play a fan of the weekend and you're going to love it, yeah. I promise you. So, And you're going to play 13 Sentinels next year, aren't you? Um, yes, of course. So If Found is the winner and the yep. rimming game is our runner-up. Yes. There we go. Uh, oh, God. I yeah, messed up this document. Great. Oh, it's because I did the wrong thing. There we go. Uh, all right. <laughs> we'll just leave it there and we'll put this one bold as well. Why not? Okay, there. Look at that. Beautifully done. Or not. Okay. So our next award is for best lockdown game, which is, I guess, a mixture of the game that represents the lockdown experience of 2020, um, but also maybe the game that was most fun to play in during lockdown. So. Hmm. Game number one, Animal Crossing. Mm. Game number two, The Last of Us 2. Game number three, Among Us. Game number, is there a four? Yeah, four. <laughs> Hades. Okay. So Hades we've talked about, and it's super fun. I'm not sure if it fully represents lockdown, um, the Last of Us Two is the most bleak and depressing game I think I've ever played in my life. Um, and you finish it in like fifteen hours or so, and you move on. No one's going to play that again. Fifty? It was about thirty, but all right. I oh, know I said fifteen. Wasn't wasn't? Oh, maybe it was twenty actually. <laughs> I think I kind of scooted through it. Um, so it definitely represents, I think, twenty twenty lockdown experience of being very depressed. Um, mm. But I don't know if that makes it award winning. <laughs> No, I mean, to me, I, I would eliminate Last of Us and Hades. It came out during lockdown, did Last of Us, and I played it during lockdown, but I played it for two days, yeah. finished it, and then haven't thought about it since. So Animal Crossing and Among Us are both games that have brought people together in lockdown. Can I just say, yeah, can I just say I love that this, we, start off, we started lockdown, literally the day lockdown started here in the UK, Animal Crossing was released. And we all played and we're all friends and we're all playing together, inviting each other over with the shit Nintendo online mm -hmm. when we, you know, when there weren't any communication errors, et cetera, et cetera. And then by the end of lockdown, we were like deceiving each other, lying, <laughs> uh, killing, murdering each other. Yep. I felt like th those two perfectly represent um, lockdown. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I do feel like Animal Crossing had lots of events in it and people hosted events in Animal Crossing to bring other people together. It was something that a lot of streamers did. It was something that other people did. Um, you know, the fact that there was a whole Biden campaign in Animal Crossing, you know, it yeah. really brought the real world into gaming um, in a way that no other game really has. And so I feel like that kind of makes it a winning lockdown game. Yeah, I mean, I... Looking at it, if it was just my choice, I would probably say either that or Among Us. Just because Among Us brings more people together, kind of closer. Like Animal Crossing, you can go and visit someone's island. That's it. You're not necessarily meeting them. Whereas Among Us, it's just blown out of nowhere. And because yep. I think a lot of people are at home, they can all play together. There's like, there's accessibility with text, so you don't need to necessarily speak. It's... I mean, we had Alexandro Ocasio-Cortez was playing it with a yep. bunch of people. Like, there are big celebrities that have been playing Among Us. Um, and there's been, like, special events. I was on, for Halloween, I was uh, dressed up as the Queen, doing it with uh, Jeremy 
and a bunch of other people all dressed up and I felt like there are so there've been so many community among us nights literally every week there's about three or four from people that I just follow um where they've maybe got a theme or rather just like coming together for a group like Rainbow Arcade the stream team that I'm part of there's often people like hey who wants to do some among us and then like instantly 10 people are there hey yeah let's let's go and play it I feel like Among Us has brought people together more closely and whereas Animal Crossing has been just kind of the chilled lockdown game. I Looking at yeah. that, I mean, I, I said Among Us, I was probably my favorite, but they're both very different for their own reasons why I think they should win. Um, Animal Crossing because, yeah, it's just relaxed everybody and there's just endless stuff to do. I've played this year over 1,300 hours of Animal Crossing. It's my personal lockdown game because it got me from it got me twitch partner really like it's made the reason why yeah. i am partnered on twitch and have increased my view count average view count by about five times is down to that game and it's because of lockdown mixed with that that's the reason um because i was able to stream like 10 hours of it every day i mean it's what i did to kind of stop myself from just sleeping and lounging around the house the whole day yeah so for like personally that is my personal lockdown game i think as well appreciate among us yeah i think as well among us is, is obviously a multiplayer game whereas animal mm. crossing even as a single player game is something really relaxing i think a lot of yeah. people found it relaxing and gentle to help with sort of mental health things as well yeah um, i i remember putting a literally i had it on the tv downstairs i put a towel down on the beach laid on the beach it was really late at night lay down on the beach and fell asleep like listening to the waves on my own island like washing up because when you lie down it kind of dulls the music a bit and you can yeah. just hear the the slushing of the water exactly so i feel like among us is more of a community game whereas animal mm. crossing whether it's a part of a community whether it's on your own whether it's bringing people together or not it's sort of cultural uh significance i feel like animal crossing represents yeah. the lockdown experience of 2020 yeah, if we had a best community game, we don't, do we? We don't. But no, I'm also thinking so that would of, of another been... award we have coming that, you Among know. Us. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Let's, so am I, so should we say, oh, God, I've done the wrong thing again. So we say Animal Crossing is the uh, best lockdown game, but with Among Us as the runner-up? Yes, exactly. There we go. All so, right. Next award, which is the yes. biggest fad of 2020. Pad. All right. Uh, let me just make it so it's nice and easy to see on the screen. All right. The first game, biggest fads. So this is the game that came and went faster than a one-night shag from Grinder. <laughs> Moving on. What are the nominees? Nominees are Ooblets, Fall Guys. This is going to upset some people, I think, yep. this, uh, this award. Temtem. And Genshin Impact. Now, I'm going to get Genshin Impact out of the way first. Because that is a game that everyone just saw as a Breath of the Wild clone. And it is, to an extent. Um, Gameplay-wise, for me, like I just... It was too similar to Zelda. I found it boring. There's not enough story to get into. And so the real draw of it is just this whole gacha thing of trying to get the characters that you want, which I have zero investment in. 
And I feel like I've seen a lot of people online going through saying, you know, oh, I want to get this character and I'm going to spend all this money or whatever else trying to get the characters that they want at random. And it just seems like it seems like a fad to me. I don't feel like it's a game that I want to spend a lot of time playing. So I play Genshin Impact. Uh, I played it on, I want to say, yeah, PS4. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty glitchy. It didn't run very well. It stuttered quite a lot. And I enjoyed it. Actually, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was. It was very polished. I played, only played for like an hour. Um, Got to this big town or whatever. Followed the story. It seemed kind of interesting. And, but it, yeah, the it was not good. The quality of it was not good on PS4. Maybe they've improved it now. I'm sure they have. But then my friend, a few friends got really got into it. So I was like, okay, I'll get into it. And like, okay, right, go and do the opening bit. And then when you've got a dungeon, because it's not fully co-op. It's only co-op, I believe, in dungeons yep. or, or some Something other like thing like that. So I was like, okay, was like, okay, go and get to the first dungeon and then we can play. So I did it all on PC. Runs really well. I like I liked it. Like what I played of it seemed fun. It's it not, didn't it's seem not, like it was doing anything. It's not a bad game. Yeah. It's for free. It's not bad. Exactly. Um went to the dungeon. We couldn't connect because apparently when I first started, I hadn't clicked on a certain region that was I it automatically defaulted me, I think, to the North American region. Mm-hmm. And there's no way of changing it. And the only way of playing with my friend then was to delete the game and start it a third time. Oh god, no. And then I just deleted it from my PC and was like, you know, fuck this. Yeah. I'm not that interested. It wasn't that fun. Um, yeah. Now, have you played Ooblets? No, but it was. Uh, I enjoyed watching the Twitch streams of it for the 48 hours that people played it. <laughs> I mean, same. I I barely saw it. It sort of came and went. I feel like people aren't really talking about it anymore. But it was a thing. No, it seemed kind of cute for, for a while. I think it was even shorter lived than Temtem. Now we're going to get some abuse because. Some of these like early access. Yeah, Temtem uh, is Tem- early access. Yeah, and it only has a story up to a certain point. And I know a lot of people love Temtem, but maybe in the future, Temtem will become this big game that everybody loves. And if we end up giving it to Temtem, we'd look very, very daft. But so let's not give it to Temtem then. <laughs> no, exactly. We don't want to look stupid. Uh, Tem- I would say Temtem is. I would say Temtem we can eliminate because it's early access and maybe in the future it will be good yeah um but like if an early access game comes out and it's only got five hours of uh content then of course it's going to be a quick you know it's going to be quick and finished it came and And went but it does still have potential yeah so what we're leading up to basically is that fall guys is going to win this because is anyone still even playing fall guys despite the fact it was like the biggest game ever in the summer yeah i feel like people are who (laughs) <laughs> uh, I know a couple of streamers. I won't name them. I don't want to embarrass them. But I know a couple of streamers that still play Fall Guys. The, I just got angry at it because I played it for like five days. And, and you still didn't win? Few, oh, no. I, and a few times I got really close to a win. And then I was like, you know what? Every time I play and I don't win, I'm going to get a little bit angry. And I don't want that. So yeah. I'm just going to delete it and never play it again. The thing with Fall Guys is that it was this big social media sensation that really hyped it up. And it was a big thing that everyone suddenly wanted to jump onto out of nowhere. And it was really fun for a while. And I think there are, I mean, I was lucky enough to get into the the early access weekend on PC before it arrived on PS Plus as well. So there were less people playing it. People were interested in it. It was new. People didn't quite necessarily get all the mechanics. And then like a week or two later, it was just full of millions of people 
all cheating, grabbing each other. Oh god, the cheats like, were the worst. And just completely you ruining the, the experience. Do you see the video of me? It got quite a lot of attention on Twitter. It was I was playing it and some guy just it was the one where the doors fall down. Yeah. And they just kind of shot right to the end. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, there's a cheat. And there are and I've seen people streaming it where there's been a cheater right at the end and it's just like, well, you're not going to win because yeah. you see there's there's a cheater like you can literally cheat your way easily. Exactly. If you've got a cheat or a hack, get and win the whole thing and then it just ruins it for all the other 60 people. Yeah. So I, um, I feel like it's a game that's just too easy to ruin and and the it's a really simple idea that could be fun but is ruined by that and I think there were just too many people playing it at once that for me I just I fell off it as quickly as as it got hyped up because I thought I just I feel like not interested in this anymore. I feel like people will respond without saying it's better now. Oh, there aren't there are no the cheating has been taken care of because they did i believe they brought in some didn't they bring in the same anti-cheating stuff as Fortnite, or or they were okay. intending to I'm, I'm not sure fine so i don't think cheaters are necessarily a problem especially on ps4 and I just don't I, I like how polished it was don't grab it's like me. in an oh i know that was the worst thing when people started grabbing in certain there in like specific rounds i'm like yeah. okay no i get off know. my bean mm. But it's it is a very good quality game. I do know that lots of people still play it. I don't think Fall Guys is the biggest fad. Really? Yeah. What's your choice? I need to make. I need to go and see if Ublitz is in early access as well. <laughs> I think it is. So I think that one might get disqualified too. Um. I just feel. Tell like... me why you hate Genshin Impact while I look. <laughs> I just feel like. Not that many people are, or a lot less people are playing Fall Guys. Maybe it's still a good amount, but there were so many at the beginning that it has fully kind of... Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just fallen off. I just feel like, apart from the Twitter account that is very well done and very fun, I just mm. feel like it's sort of... It was it was big for a minute, and now other things have come along. Ublets hasn't even got a release date, so, yeah, that must have been an alpha. Fine. So, yeah, Fall Guys or Genshin... People, yeah, people are still obsessed with Genshin. They still get really excited when they have a five-star yeah, person. Yeah, I feel like that's just you and I don't get it, as opposed mm. to it being a general fad, whereas Fall Guys, there's not a lot to get. I okay. Fall Guys. I'm down for that. Stop. Fall Guys, because Ublitz and Temtem are disqualified due to uh, technically being in alpha. So, uh, or whatever, pre-release early access fall guys is the biggest fad of 2020 should we put genshin second well that's the only one we've got uh i was I, you know among us could quite easily have been on here but it's still I'm, going i don't see that as i was a playing it an hour going. ago <laughs> yeah, well maybe not an hour ago because it's, we've been doing this for a while i was literally playing it like two hours ago yeah. uh obviously because we were playing this on christmas eve yeah um yeah there we go so the next award is for shit show of the year for which there okay, is shit show of... only one nominee. Yes. Shit show of the year. Ben. The splits the screen podcast. <laughs> ben, tell us who the nominee is and the winner. The nominee is, and the winner, Cyberpunk 2077. Which needs no introduction, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know what was going on. Cyberpunk, I mean, we could should we just list a few of the things that have gone wrong with it. <sighs> There's too many. Uh, they to said list. that it was great. Yeah, they said it ran great on Xbox One and PS4 consoles, but it does not. And they uh, on PC, I heard it's okay, but then there's also 
there are many issues, social issues with the game, which people will defend to a hilt. We've found yep. um, representation if is somebody, not good. Yeah, I mean, some people like the rep representation. I know trans streamers who love cyberpunk because they, they feel like they can be who they are. It might not be everything, but it gives some. And I know some, yeah, like I, said, I know trans streamers and gamers who love it. But I also know a lot of people who are incredibly offended and do not like it. Yep. All I'm saying is people are allowed different opinions on a game when it comes to offense. If a game is offensive to them and not to you, that's allowed. You know, I've seen people, maybe there are people who are going to be in the chat right now, who are going, it's not offensive. It's like, okay, well, it might not be to you, but to other people, it might be. Yeah. So you don't need to defend a game... Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, on top of that, you've then go got on. the whole lack of epileptic warning despite all the flashing lights that was picked up by a reviewer. And they first said, well, at the beginning of it, it says there's an epilepsy warning. And then afterwards, they were like, oh, yeah, OK, don't worry. We'll uh, we'll we'll fix something. Yeah. And then there was the whole returns thing where they said you can get a refund. And then Sony said no and then said yes, but we're going to pull it from the store, which... Yes, <clears> I think it's one. totally so, unprecedented. I don't think that's ever been yeah. done before. The only time it's ever been close was with Batman on the PC. Uh, but I don't know if that was the publisher pulling it or whether it was pulled from Steam, I want to say, or whatever it but was, or Epic. I don't know. The where fact it was that that made like consumer news on like BBC and everything else, it was, was on, on the front page of the BBC. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I think it's the, been the, such a high profile shit show that I genuinely yeah. think there could be major changes in the industry because of it in the way that you know reviewers receive review copies and and yeah. how many how things are sent uh, are released with or without however many bugs and things like that i think genuinely it could actually make changes in the industry because of it because of how badly it's, yeah. it's gone a lot of these bugs were apparently told by cd project red to sony they said oh we'll fix it with the day one patch and they trusted them ign brought out a ps4 xbox one review and gave it four out of ten yep. Um, but I believe the reason that Sony pulled it from the store was because of this refund thing. Because Cyberpunk was like, okay, uh, if you don't, if you're not happy, contact Sony or Microsoft for a refund. And Sony was like, wait, that that's not the way our that's not the way it works with us. You know, if you've been playing it for quite a while, we don't give refunds. Which is, who knows? This might oh god, if this changed like Sony's refund policy, could be like I want that two hour. I really want the two hour refund uh, policy that's on Steam on PlayStation. Yeah. Because there'll be so many games <laughs> that I can get a refund on. Exactly. Um, also, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I bought to play with a friend. And the day after went on sale. And I cannot contact Sony at the moment because there's too many people. They're like, we've turned off emails. You'll have to call us. And I'm not calling you. Yep. But <laughs> yeah, they need to sort that out as well. Be consumer friendly, Sony. That'll be nice exactly. for one day. <laughs> for once. So that'd be great if it did that. But yeah, that, I think that's the reason it was pulled from the store is because Sony was like, Fuck you. <laughs> no, how dare you say that? Okay, we're going to ask any refund. Yeah, any refunds anybody wants for this game, they can get it. And you know what? We're going to remove it from the store because fuck you. What? But yeah, CG Project Red was such like such a big, like the darling of the industry. I remember when The Witcher came out, it was buggy as well. But when The Witcher 3 came out and they're like, we're going to give you 16 pieces of DLC all for free. And it was just like horse armor and, <laughs> and some other bits that maybe they forgot to make, they forgot to add to the game or they didn't have time. And so they were always like, the, you know, the darling of, uh, of many gamers TM. 
No, you still see people defending them and being like, oh, I, I still love you. I still have trust in you. Why? Why? Gamers. Shocking. Um, okay. So that is. Uh, yeah, Shit Show of the Year, Cyberpunk 2077. Did you? Oh, by the way, I did play a little bit of it. I haven't touched um, it. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. And uh, the I played a bit on the PS5. And I got stuck in the tutorial. I had to go in like, I was stuck in the tutorial for about 45 of that one hour that I played, 45 minutes. And uh, I had to like reload a, not even the previous autosave, but like not, I wonder if the reason why it autosaves like every three minutes is because, because of all the of bugs. bugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I had to go back like two autosaves to then go into it and, and progress. And I was just like, I got to that point. And I was like, you know what? There are many issues with this game in many different regions, in like in many different ways. I'm just going to, get rid of it and refund it and if i have any interest in the future when they release the ps5 or xbox series x versions then who knows but i'll i'll consult with people to see what they think yes maybe it will be game of the year next year for us but we shall see i very much <laughs> doubt that i gotta say in the meantime we now have Ooh. the award for best visuals best looking game of which we All have right. a lot of nominees so let's get through these quickly <laughs> Okay, yeah, we uh, <laughs> definitely should. Um, okay, best visuals. The first one is Hades. And the next one is Spirit Farter. And the next one is Final Fantasy VII Remake. And the next one is Demon's Souls. There we go. The next one is Ghosts of Tsushima. Not Tsushima. 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 Yeah, the stress on the so. Um, and the ex next one, the final one is Microsoft Flight Stimulator. Interesting. Oof. So two of these are remakes, which makes them interesting in terms of how they've upgraded or, you know, updated old graphics. Um, Demon's Souls looks stunning on PS5. Um, mm -hmm. you know, technically it is absolutely amazing and is a great showcase for the console. Um, but it is, I guess, to an extent, just an upgrade of an older game. But yeah. if you want something that looks good on a new console, that is hands down the game to get because it's just stunning. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, I mean, obviously compared to the original, it's, it's a huge upgrade. Um, but it really brings that nostalgia back of it being you know, essentially the way that we remembered it or we pictured it in the past in our minds is now that is fully realized in 3D how we wanted it, how we wanted it to look. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, I need to add an extra game on. Oh, do we need 13 more? Sentinels. It's literally one of the main Oh my God, stop that's... with the rimming. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to clip that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's like the main thing going for that game. There's a story, but also the art, but yeah. I think when what I loved about Final Fantasy VII Remake is it looked obviously it looked stunning, but that is on a PlayStation Four, mm -hmm. whereas Demon Souls has the PS Five power and it does look gorgeous. But the Final Fantasy VII Remake, the fact that they, it feels like it shouldn't be. It, it honestly felt like a next gen yeah. game when it I was, was playing like it. it. Like, How? Yeah, and that's been like since people were playing on PS3. Yeah. That's how long it's been uh, in development. Or maybe not, but right at the very beginning of the the fall cycle. So we then have Hades and Spiritfarer, which are similar in that they are both sort of hand-drawn 
sort of more cartoony visuals, but I think have a much more unique aesthetic. Spiritfarer is absolutely stunning. Um, it's just a really gentle, slow-paced kind of game, but the animation in it, the way that everyone moves, is so beautifully done. Um, the fact that there's an, an entire action just for hugging people makes it adorable. Um, and it's a very heartwarming and thoughtful game, but I think that the the visuals really help to bring that to life and make it such an emotive game because of the animation and the hand-drawn style. So for me, that's why that deserves a nomination. And Hades, everyone is hot, so that's why. Yeah. I mean, there's a few of these games with very hot people. Yeah. Microsoft Flight Simulator, all the pilots. No, you, you can't see them. <laughs> but no, Hades, I like. It's very much super giant. Like if you like Bastion, if you liked that, then similar kind of camera angle and, and cartoony style. I like I like Hades. I don't think it would come under best visuals for me. Interesting. I do I do enjoy the concept art and the character design a lot. Um, but I admit other games here are technically more impressive. Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Now that I'm, I'm going to mention this now after Hades and Spirit Fair, because it's also a style. It's not necessarily like a really impressive, mm -hmm. but you look at it and it's beautiful. It's very heavily anime. Um, like there's always there's one guy that's always winking with his face kind of open, and yeah, a little bit <laughs> literally looks like that. And I was like, that's the reason why I because you know I said earlier there's two people that I can always get confused with. Yeah, one of those is the one that does the wink face. He always stands there with his wink, with his eye winking. Um, it, but like the actual style is like a comic. It's all beautifully hand-drawn and the characters move around in like a, it, it's like being in an anime. Um, and because you're going and you're experiencing different like chapters, it's it's like pretty much like reading uh, an anime, a reading, a, a manga, sorry, not reading an anime. What am I talking reading about? Reading a manga. I mean, the visuals reading are so good that you can't tell the characters apart. So... Uh, only for two of them but i mean there's not a single game that i've screenshot more than this game and i've I've sent you many of them and didn't i you have yes yeah so yeah but they're also completely different so there'll be one where there's two people and a giant robot has collapsed right in front of them and then there's one where you're in the middle of a war and it's all fire so there's just so many different it's not just like the same thing again and again and again whereas hades the opening areas seem very similar where um and like final fantasy 7 remake it's very industrial it's quite similar but they've got a theme whereas 13 sentinels the stories fly around all from the future to a war in the past and it's but yeah the, the style stays the same but they are from completely different areas and different um like you've got the same style so they use the same art style for a spaceship in the future as they do for a middle of a burning village or city in the Vietnam or in the, sorry, in the, in World War Two. Okay. So it's, but it, it never feels out of place. It is a gorgeous game. I will play it. I promise you, I will play it. Yeah. So Microfost, Microfost, Microsoft Flight yes. Simulator. That's actually quite hard to say. Um, I guess is, is obviously very realistic, but is more of a technical showpiece Masterpiece. than anything. Masterpiece Microsoft Flight Simulator. I've played it because I do the Jet Streamers podcast. It's on a little bit of a pause right now because I'm waiting for it to come out on Series X, which will hopefully like coincide with me actually getting a Series X. 
it's gorgeous. Like I'm playing it on a 1070, so my PC is struggling like hell. It it feels like a game that, you know, for a future generation. It doesn't. I'm I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get a Series X until I see how Microsoft Flight Simulator runs on it, because they might go. It runs like trash. Yeah. Um, because it's so so demanding. In fact, I have to now. I play Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, I stream it or I record the flights and then I do the podcast with the flights over it. Check out uh, jetstreamers.fm if you want to go and see any uh, examples of this. Look. Yeah, it's stunning, but like it just looks real. Like I, So I played it on low settings at one point because I was streaming at the same time. It was good, but then I put it on medium. So I'm only playing this on medium and it is just like certain... It just looks real. Like you look like you are genuinely can see in full 3D all the all the places in the world that it's going to. Obviously, there are some glitches that get shown elsewhere, but it it is photorealistic. And one of my dreams as a kid, like the ultimate game, would be a world sim where it was like the entire world and you could just walk around. Then you could but you obviously there was no like cheating. So you could go to an airport and like take a flight somewhere and, you know, just like real life, but without having to actually go outside <laughs> like typical gamer. And this is a part of it that is just, yeah, is really feeding me, feeding that kind of urge that I had and just being able to fly absolutely anywhere. You want to see what the pyramids are like? Cool. You want to see where the pyramids are like in locate in relation to other, like to Cairo and, and, all the rivers and whatever you can you can see you can like literally go anywhere in the world and see what it pretty much looks like and they're just in like full 3d and you choose where you go it's yeah it's and it impressive. looks gorgeous impressive yeah so i feel like amongst the nominees here we've got some that are more technical some that are more artistic but the last one that we haven't spoken about yet is <laughs> ghost of tsushima which i am yet Which's to play but i feel like it's probably a mixture of both it looks to me yeah. like technically it's beautiful, even though it's on last gen. Um, but the whole style oh, the, of it, the, the sort yeah. of Kurosawa kind of film feel of it just looks stunning. And as much as I'm yet to play it, gameplay wise, it seems like it's a bit of a 7 out of 10. But visually, it looks just gorgeous. And definitely yes. for me, and stands a, out this year. And they have a photo mode where like with moving backgrounds, which I think is one of the first times like you can choose the color of leaves that are passing through you in the background. Wow. I, I don't know why, because the screenshot's not moving. Um, as far as I'm aware, PlayStation don't allow moving backgrounds, but it's uh, like of, of screenshots. It's, yeah, it is definitely very artistic, very stylish. They are going for style over substance, um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about best visuals. Yeah, yeah it really, really is a gorgeous game. And the, the, the um, oh, what was the name he said? The Cas Caragoso? Kurosawa. The Kurosawa. That is like you, you could play the whole game in that mode. Yeah. And they've gone into such depth that they like speed up the wind. So flags flap twice the the amount it normally does. And there's obviously the film. It's not just film grain, but the actual game itself has been a, has changed when you go into that mode. It's really, wow. really in depth. Yeah, I mean, and he's probably got the best photo mode. I want to play it just for the visuals, to be honest, just to live out that wuxia fantasy of mm. crouching tiger and the leaves and the wind. Like I'm, I I need to play that game a just PS5. for that. They released a PS5 patch and made it 60 FPS with 4K. Well, now I have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I'm probably going to play it um, before the next, before we do the game of the year podcast. Okay, noted. So I'll be talking more about the gameplay because the, the gameplay was interesting. Like the story, I was quite is slow, but it's no slower than like an Assassin's Creed. So okay, fine. Yeah. So I think for me, it's between Ghost of Tsushima and probably Final Fantasy. What's your choice? Yeah. Um, I see. I, I was. I would also put Flight Simulator in there because it's just a technical masterpiece. But, but did they that, all, like did all that three excite you visually. It. Oh God, it did. <laughs> I flew to my grandma's house, which is uh, apparently a um, two-floor, two-story uh, flat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, it's not completely accurate. Although they are releasing a UK accuracy map update very, very soon which looks incredible. Okay. So you can actually fly around the UK with accuracy. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're constantly adding it. Like they added a, a Japan update in line with, it wasn't the Game Awards. It was, oh, what was it? Tokyo Game Show. So like when Tokyo Game Show happened, they released a Japan pack where it went to real detail with a lot more airports, a lot more accuracy with, because it's still pretty accurate, but there are obviously some mistakes. So, uh, and they like totally did Japan, but they just recently did, or a few months ago, they did the US. So now the US is a lot more accurate and they're bringing out the next one's going to be the UK. So what you're saying is it's impressive, but there's still work to be done. Oh, the, yeah, well, Microsoft Flight Simulator is apparently a 10-year project. Okay. And I, oh my God, in 10 years, it's going to So in 10 years, incredible. we can give it best visuals, but in 2020, is it But deserving? then it would be new. Have you, seen, have you seen any jet streamers? Yes, of course. Did you watch, did you look at the ground and go, wow, look at that? Oh, I was listening intently to the... Uh, to the guests podcast version oh okay <laughs> i like microsoft okay i will allow i'll permit ghost of tsushima and final fantasy 7 to be the top two but um honestly flight simulator is breathtaking and Noted. it is a technological masterpiece that they've managed to do it and i honestly can't wait to see what it's going to be like in 10 years because if they are improving it and they do go for pure accuracy and we've all got these incredible machines that are able to load it in with, because I turn off like cloud and um, because it really, it, it nearly breaks my machine every <laughs> single time I play it. And I've got, a, well, it, it needs upgrading, but I have a, de a decent PC and yeah, just with all like the cloud and yeah. And like as a sun setting, um, you can, I haven't even tested some of the visuals in that that would make it look amazing because my PC might sound fire. That's... <laughs> Yeah, like, don't that do that. Just don't do how that. How good it is. No. So, Ghost of Tsushima top, Final Fantasy runner-up. I'm throwing that out there. Let's get this moving. I, I am 50-50. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake is gorgeous. It is. And it's on a PS4. It is. My Ghost of Tsushima is, was also on a PS4, but it didn't, it just, it was more style. Yeah, I feel like Final Fantasy is, is tickling a nostalgia nerve for me, but Ghost of Tsushima as being a new game, I feel like it tips oh. it out. Yeah. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, the, one of the other reasons is that there's a bunch of very, very ugly surfaces in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like the door. True. That door of that place that you go into. That door kind of, of that place. Yeah, it's ugly. It's in cutscenes. <laughs> it's in a, it's like a motel you go to and there's the door of the motel and there's cutscenes outside this door okay. and you go into this door many times, yet for some reason it's in like the world, the lowest like, resolution. I have no idea why, but you see every now and again in Final Fantasy VII Remake, you will see like surfaces that are just okay. 
you look like is it meant to load in or what and it never does so we hate the door ghost of tsushima ghost of tsushima wins done (laughs) yes because of that because of a door yeah (laughs) okay so ghost of tsushima is the winner and final fantasy 7 remake is the well she just made up old is the uh, runner-up right we still have four to go Okay, well, let's try and whiz through. We can do these. this quickly. The next one is for best remake slash re-release. Okay, and the best remake re-release, the first one is Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake. Not that we're predictable. Demon's Souls. Get the, uh, I believe it's a, that. Yeah. And uh, the next one is Persona 5 Royal. And we have Resident Evil 3. And we have Mario 3D All-Stars. And That's I'm going to add one more. More. Just a quick one. It's um, Spider-Man uh, Remastered. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't Because I played a bit of that. <laughs> it's a remake. I know. But we'll I'll probably eliminate that straight away. But Spider-Man Remastered, they for some reason brought in a brand new actor. Someone said it's to do with money. And I have no idea why. True. Not sure why the game needed remastering. It does play very, very well, i got to say, on the PS5. It's a fantastic game, probably my favorite PlayStation exclusive of uh, the last generation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more Miles Morales though that we're that we're interested in. Yeah, Miles Morales is a much more interesting story, and yeah. it's nice and short as well. Although remastered is good, but yeah, Spider Man Remastered is a great game. Um, if you if you were about to buy Miles Morales and you haven't played Remastered, and it's only like twenty dollars more a very 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 worthwhile extra spend right i threw mario in here but i'm going to eliminate it because in terms of best re-release or remake they did absolutely nothing um and it was the most pointless game for me to buy i already have all three in a box on my on my shelves i can play them all already and yet here i am spending 50 pounds to play all three games all over again the only thing that's different is that they look HD, um, which is very strange for Mario 64. There's a very odd thing where at a certain distance, if Mario is moving, suddenly he's like half the polygons that he should be, which originally in standard definition and slightly blurry graphics, you would never have noticed. And now it's this really odd thing where it's like, where's half of Mario gone? Like, it's just, it's really (laughs) odd. Um, So it's a most pointless remake because they've added nothing new. Um, And yet I still got sucked into, I'm not giving it to you. You you may we swap you may borrow it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we I go. I want it back. It's going on eBay in like however many years when it's definitely not <laughs> worth anything. Um, because for some reason they're stopping production in. Well, they'll stop in February or March when they decide to just plunk it all on a virtual console on the Switch. Yeah. Um, Resi Three. What did you think of that? I love. Well, I haven't finished it yet. Um, but it's sure I'm only like two hours. I know. It's, uh, <laughs> Okay, the reason is I was, it was some kind of bet. I can't remember if it was a bet, not bet, but like some kind of um, stream requirement where they, I needed to play a scary game and I, was, I played Alien Isolation. Yes. And after and you hated three it. hours of pure torture, <laughs> um, Moni and Gemma very kindly gifted me a copy of Resident Evil 3 and said, play this. We can't watch you torture yourself anymore in Alien Isolation. And then I went to play Resident Evil 3 and it's so weird because like yeah they're both horror games but resident evil 3 is not scary i didn't find it scary yeah, at all it's just jumpy i guess and even then i'm like oh 
little the, the odd little jump um but I, I i really enjoyed it like i i loved second the the second one resident evil 2 remake was it's tied with my favorite uh yeah tied with my favorite horror games it's that and um re7 mm. uh they're both i love both of those but this was yeah people i've heard people like kind of go well it wasn't as good i loved it yeah i thought it was great interesting i'm yet to play it but i i, I do think two was brilliant so it's going to be hard to top two yeah. oh yeah don't play it straight after two because it definitely isn't kind of in that league and it's a lot shorter yeah but it's I, I was watching um i think it was justice kazi a streamer who and he was also going like i actually really like this mm. it might have not been him so don't <laughs> don't i'm not going to guarantee but it's somebody that who loves horror games and was like yeah it was actually pretty pretty good yeah. now persona 5 royal i always want to say royale but it's i think it's just um, royal um it's called the royal it's a weird thing oh, okay it, it depends where you look whether it's called the because on the game the logo says the royal but I don't think it's called the Royal in so many other places. I've never heard that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. If you look at the ro- the logo. Now I've included that because I believe it is the highest rated game of the year. Wow. Um, out of everything that's come out, I believe it's the highest rated game. But obviously, it's a re-release of Persona Five. I haven't played the Royal, um, mm-hmm. but the original Persona Five is one of the best games on ps4 it's one of my favorite rpgs it is a phenomenal game so if you haven't yet played that then getting the royal Mm -hmm. version is going to be apparently even better um and i've been very tempted to play it all over again but i'm including it here just because the original is so 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 good that you know just to add extra content to that is clearly going to make it even better so no wonder it is the highest rated game of the year but is it going to be our favorite of this year I played about 30 hours of the original. I got to the bit where um, it was an artist. Yep. I think I completed the artist's dungeon and then I did a little bit of the extra stuff after that and then dropped off it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I, I, it's a good sorry, 110 yeah. hours, I think it took me to get to the end. And Royal yeah. adds so much extra content, it's probably about 150 or something. Yeah. And at the beginning, there are some little changes and there's a new character in there that changes a lot apparently and i i reviewed it or i did like a quick look if anybody wants to check it out on uh, on my youtube it's yeah it was great and i think it's got us i believe there's a performance update as well don't quote me on it but i believe there is a performance update um on the pro i believe it's like a pro update rather than obviously a ps5 update mm-hmm. then we have demon souls which we've already talked about. And as we've said, it looks brilliant on PS5 and is a great showcase. Um, That said, in terms of it being a remake, they haven't actually changed anything otherwise. Like it plays exactly the same. It's exactly the same game, same bosses, same story. Everything is exactly the same. It just looks like a 10 million times prettier. Um, So they've, you know, Bluepoint are known for doing their remakes and they've done a really, really brilliant job of doing Demon's Souls. Um, and you know, rightly so they haven't really touched the gameplay because it is great as it is already. Um, but you know, they, it's mainly a remake for visuals than anything else. Yeah. Um, I like, I'm enjoying playing it, but I don't, I didn't play the original and, um, I've, I've heard it's quite short. Yeah. It's only about 20 hours, which is a lot shorter than, than the Dark Souls games. Mm. um so yeah which surprised me because it 
I think I played quite a bit of the PS3 version, but never finished it, and I felt like I put a lot of time into it, and it turns out I was actually very close to the end um, when I had played it previously. So, yeah, it's not super long. Um, it's a lot easier than I thought it was. Um, but I think oh. that's just <laughs> just because I've got used to playing it. It's like my third time playing through it now. Um, so I've got into it, and I, I understand it, and it's uh, it's great. But it's in terms of a remake, it's a visual upgrade, and that's it. We've spoken a lot about this already. Final Fantasy VII Remake I mean, is... Look, who are we kidding? It's, it's definitely going to win this yeah. category. Like We're both fanboys. We both love it. Let's just crown it and move on. <laughs> definitely. There we go. Okay, Final Fantasy VII Remake. We're going to probably talk about it in the Game of the Year podcast next week. So well, there's not really Ooh. much to say other than it is stunning. They changed a little bit though, didn't they? In it, well, compared to the original. quite a bit has changed, yes. Did you, do you like the changes or are you just interested to see where it goes? Um, let's talk about it next week, shall we? <laughs> Ooh, okay. We want people to come back. Yeah, let's <laughs> see. Right, okay, the next one is the best LGBTQ plus game. Okay, now I've got to really rack my brain for uh, that game again. Tell me why <laughs> is the uh, first nominee, second one, maybe controversially, The Last of Us 2. And the third one is If Found. Oh, and the fourth one, Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks. Now, The Last of Us 2, yeah, it's controversial. I feel like, you know, the fact that it has, um, you know, a, a lesbian as its lead character mm. is, you know, in a, in this AAA game that's won all these awards and everything, I think makes it, you know, quite groundbreaking. Um, yeah. But I, I also like the relationship with, with Ellie and Dina. I think it's really nicely played. It feels very real. They feel like real human characters with human problems. And I think that that's the one thing the game or one of the things the game does do very well um but i know that in terms of other characters you know there's a trans character that is not represented in the best way um no, dead lots of dead naming which yeah. is something that they avoided in tell me in tell me why there's no dead naming but the uh the character had a their own name for themselves when they were younger mm-hmm. um it was like their first when they were when they recognized that they were trans they gave themselves or he gave himself a name and it's not the name he used you know in the game yeah uh mainly so that was just and that was just like a side thing whereas yeah as you're there's a certain there's a certain time in the last of us 2 where you're playing this trans character and it's just there's all these people that hate this kid because they are trans and shouting the dead names and it's just yeah it's uh, it's overdone and it's a plot point and it doesn't need to be a plot point. Yeah, exactly. It's like when you watch a TV show from the 90s and every single gay gay character is there because they are gay. Yeah. And there's a story and of like, oh, it. that person fancies them and no, that, they don't realize they're gay. And it's, yeah. it's just funny, apparently. Yeah. Um, Bug Snacks is surprising because I didn't expect it to be that LGBTQ+. But actually there's lots of relationships and characters in it that are LGBT. Um, some of the representation again isn't always the best there are certain characters that aren't nice people Um, so you know could be seen as a bit controversial but I think it's nice that it's sort of unexpected Um, and it's as we were saying about plot points it's not a plot point that they are you know LGBT it's just that that's just who they are and then the game moves on so it completely normalises it so I feel like the other games make 
you know, being gay or trans or whatever is is part of the story and part of the characters, whereas Bugsnax sort of underplays it, but in a nice way that it feels normalised. Um, and yeah. I think that that's why the representation of the game is surprisingly impressive. Yeah, that's, I just played one hour of Bugsnax. I'm going to try and get through it because it's only 10 hours or something yeah, and it's short. a fun little quirky game to play. So I mean, that's going to be one that I do play. Uh, once I think I've got finished with uh, Hades and uh, and Vermigos of Tsushima. But yeah, tell me why, if found, tell me why, I mean, we're talking about best LGBTQ plus game. Are we talking about like, the best representation in it or the best game? That I think we're talking LGBT best characters? representation, which for me is oh, therefore okay. split between tell me why and if found. Same. Yeah, the re I mean, the representation in tell me why is, is brilliant. There is, like a lot of people said that they didn't, like it's really hard to say whether representation is done well or not because I'm not trans, so I don't really have I don't have a voice yes. when it comes to that. I don't deserve one. But tell me why is I saw a lot of people saying that they liked it because the story wasn't didn't revolve it didn't revolve around the trans character being trans. Mm -hmm. But there is quite a lot to that. Like the the one of the it's called Tell Me Why because you're asking why somebody did something, and they thought for the majority of it it's because of the character being trans. But maybe it wasn't, or maybe other things occurred. Interesting. It definitely no is a... No, no spoilers. It definitely is a large chunk of the game. Um, but I know a lot of people who are trans and, and, and love that representation yeah. in it and felt it was very realistic, and that's why they can't play it again. Yeah. So that, you know, it meant a lot to them, which, like I said, it doesn't hasn't affected me personally because I'm not trans, but it has affected trans viewers and people who I know and reviewers that I've read. So, you know, that says a lot about it. Yeah. And I think if found is similar in that, again, it's, it's about a trans character, which, you know, neither you or I can, can talk too much about, but you know, it's a, it's a really beautifully told story about that experience. Um, that even if, you know, if you're not, trans or even just not lgbt i think it will still touch you in a lot of ways um because it's just such a well done story i think yeah. for me maybe tell me why edges it because it was a bit more high profile um and was a bit more mainstream and got a lot more attention and therefore has a bit more of an impact um yeah. so i think i'm leaning towards tell me why but if found is a very close second yeah i mean this is pretty much what we can really talk about because <laughs> to see gender dudes talking about sorry which one has the best trans representation it might be you know we can't really say that exactly. but i like i said i i go with you it, tell me why i feel broke boundaries more than if found because not many people have played it exactly, exactly. however i'm gonna play it on sunday so maybe i'll regret this after this, <laughs> but. so should we give this tell me why let's do it all right and then if found as our runner up yes all right as great as book snacks was final one go Oh, two more. Two okay. More. There we go. If you're listening on the podcast version, I do apologize why it suddenly cut off for a little bit. But if you did miss it, best game for streaming. This is best game for streaming. Animal Crossing. Among Us. Fall Guys. They are the three. Sorry, Ed. So, yeah, you've been playing Animal Crossing all year on stream. It's definitely kept you going. I fully appreciate that. I think from a viewer's point of view, Among Us is a bit more exciting yeah. You know, Animal Crossing allows people to interact and, and chat and it's all very gentle. Um, but Among Us, you know, is a bit more intricate and with 
deception and manipulation and, and i think and you can get multiple people streaming it and then you can so people who were maybe watching and not taking part they can have a yeah. couple two or three tabs open and see from exactly. other perspectives you can which see the different oh, yeah. perspectives and i think that that makes it a really fun game as a streamer it's fun to play and interact with your audience i presume but from a viewer's point of view you can then see different streamers or even just seeing behind the scenes of you know different games like it's for me i think among us wins this and i think among us also wouldn't have been so big if it wasn't full streaming yeah i think we, we spoke about this before and you said i can guess what you're gonna pick what was my what did you think oh i presumed you'd pick among us yeah okay yeah no i, I definitely picked among us and <laughs> animal crossing is great uh there's for so many other reasons but and for me it has been my best game for streaming like yeah. <laughs> it's down to animal crossing that so much stuff's happened maybe i wouldn't even know you would if uh it wasn't for animal crossing there's many people in the chat right now who are, uh, well, not right now, but I mean, of course, right now yes. uh, that are surely wouldn't have been here because of Animal Crossing. So personally, and do this again, personally, Animal Crossing was my best game for streaming. But I honestly, yeah, when it comes to Twitch, Among Us is brilliant. And I took a break for a month from Among Us, didn't play it for a fair few weeks, came back last week or even earlier this week and just been like, yep. I love it. I still love it. It's still a lot of fun. Today, there were 127 or 128 people at one point watching us play it. So nice. it's a fun game. It, it seems to be very popular yeah. and it's great as well. Because if I'm streaming it as well and I kill somebody, if I'm the imposter and I kill someone, they'll pop into the chat immediately and be like, fuck you. <laughs> or you see their reactions when they die. It's, uh, That's the, the thing. And it's, it's, it's that simultaneous <laughs> thing of being in the game, being in chat, being in other people's mm. streams, like seeing it all happen from different perspectives, I think is what makes it a really interesting little game. Yeah. And today, well, I mean, yesterday when I was playing Among Us and I got those two imposter wins in a row. Did you see those, Ed? <sighs> I don't want to hear about your smug wins <sighs> anymore. It was just beautiful. So I was the, if anybody wants to know, because I'm sure, oh, what's it, you all, everybody in the chat's asking what happened. Okay. The, no one is imposter. asking what happened. There is no chat. <laughs> Biggest smuggers. I was an imposter and uh, my other imposter died really early on. So both of those rounds, I just uh, got the reactor to explode and I won. And I Oh, won. good, we're done. Right. Among Us, best game for streaming. Best game for streaming. <laughs> What about Fall Guys? We haven't discussed Fall Guys. I mean, it was a fad. It was fun for a while. Animal Crossing <laughs> second. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Dead Which by Daylight us... didn't come out this year. <laughs> no. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. Which brings us to our final award, which is for Most Wanted Game of 2021. Ooh. So looking ahead of what we want to play most. Okay. Um. Obviously, I like this. I like this game. I hate... I hate it when like they, when certain awards or certain companies have awards like uh, the most anticipated game for the next year. And it's always like, well, okay, which one's got the most marketing? Yeah. Like Cyberpunk won most anticipated game. It means of course fuck all. <laughs> On, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but this most, is just me and you and just our yeah. opinions of what we're looking forward to. Most wanted 2021 game. The first one is Final Fantasy 16. Okay. Breath of the Wild 2. Oops. Um, oh dear. Elden Ring. Party Animals. That's it. That's it. <laughs> wow. So 
three of these technically don't have a release date and might not even come out in 2021. Yeah. But we can but hope. Oh, if all those four come out, I will be very, very, very surprised. Yes. <laughs> even Party Animals, they've, they've gone like... The today they released a uh, or yesterday they released a statement saying we were our uh, beta ran really really well and in, because of that we got loads of money and loads of interest <laughs> and we're going to make the game a little bit bigger than what we'd anticipated and but we're going to try and still release it in 2021. Okay, so let's be real here. Party Animals is your choice, so sell it to me. Did you play it? No. Oh, uh, it's it's a <laughs> party game where you play as animals and you go and you have to kind of throw your opponents off certain ledgers just like gang beasts but with lots smoother controls smoother but still kind of janky or difficult okay. to ma difficult to maneuver if you like party animals you play with friends don't you don't want to play against people who've then like mastered the controls because there's oh, gonna man. be no fun with that um but yeah you just play with people who don't really understand what they're doing there's weapons in it so it's like gang beasts but less jank more kind of just goofy controls there's like a there's loads of goofy things like a baseball bat um you can whack people and they literally go flying um there's a stun gun which like makes people people's skeleton kind of like vibrate as they fall down it's just a really kind of it's one of those party games where everybody gets to control a character and it's the last person standing but it's just these little rounds and it's it's so polished. Like it's a really polished game. Um, there was no jank when we played it. It was just pure kind of just the goofy controls that like I said, you could probably learn them and, and do really well at and they'd be just annoying, but you can just gang up on people. It's just really simple, really funny. Um, yeah. It and there's also a mode me... where you do team games as well, which I liked. Okay. It sounds to me like it's either going to be a future best streaming award winner or a best fad winner. It's, so it could go either way. Yeah, it feels like something that I would play once a week with friends after a drink. Definitely with a drink. Yeah, Gang Beasts. It is Gang Beasts, but polished. And... But with animals in a party. Yes, so it's Gang Beasts, but it's... Um, so if you've played Gang Beasts before, it's like Gang Beasts, but with it's more polished. There are team games as well if you want to play those. And, uh, like, weapons. Nice. Yeah. Elden Ring... We still know very little about, but it is essentially going to... It's the next game from From Software. People are presuming it's going to be another Soulsborne game, but we don't actually know for sure yet. Um, and it has a story written by George R. R. Martin, who is the author of Game of Thrones. So I guess the expectation is that it's going to be a soulsborne type game, but with a much more intricate and in-depth story and narrative. So that is... I think it's going to be the cyberpunk of the next couple of years and it's going to get all the fanboys going. It's going to be really overhyped. Um, I really want to play it because I, I love From's games and I think I also love Game of Thrones. So putting those things together, I think is going to be brilliant. Um, what about I think Game we're of Thrones? definitely a while away from it yet. What about Game of Thrones mixed with The Witcher mixed with Final Fantasy? Well, that's kind of Final Fantasy 16, if that's where you're going. That's, that's, the, that's the segue, yeah. <laughs> I see you what you're it. doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that's why that game looks amazing. Um, mm. I think the trailer was a bit of a shock when we saw that and didn't necessarily expect it. And also but how it, far advanced it was, because apparently wasn't that all in-game footage? Like Somebody said like that they're a lot further along with that than you might think. And yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd still be very surprised if it was 2021. But even if it comes out early 2022, that's still... 
good turnaround compared to I me mean, compared to final fantasy 15 which definitely i mean forever. 15 was a few years ago now so they've had some time to work on it but it's it's mm. it's the same director i believe as 14 so oh, it definitely has that kind of style to it i don't forgot about it. yeah you don't really know yeah yoshi p the guy who was in charge of the turnaround of final fantasy 14 because yeah. final fantasy 14 was a crap game and then yeah, Yoshi P came in, switched it around, and then um, yeah, no, like they was. I think they were surprised at how good it was. That's why it took quite a while before the first expansion, and why there's so many boring quests in between then. But yeah, uh, but like no, he brought he turned it around completely. And also, he's quite known for he's very well known for doing things on dead at a deadline and hitting those deadlines and um, yeah, and delivering on stuff quite quickly like these. The expansions for apart from heaven's world obviously took a while but i think there's so much more than just an expansion with that game when, uh, with that when it came out because it was the first expansion the expansions for final fantasy 14 have always come out every two years i believe and kind of when you're expected there's very been very very little delay so if he's in charge well he's not he's, he's not the producer is he need is he not the director he's the producer or he's not in the same role as what he's I'm in final not fantasy 14. Sure exactly but I mean, yeah, he's, if he's involved, it's going to be yeah. presumably a good thing. That's pretty much what everybody said when they're like, your ship is in charge of like, <laughs> producing it. They're like, okay, this is going to be good. Um, and let's hope the next year is his deadline then, if that's what he's good at hitting. Hope so. But then Honestly, that brings if, us also, to if anybody's watching, watch the Go no on. clip documentary on Final Fantasy XIV, then you'll be in awe of him. Noted. You need to watch that. But that brings us to Breath of the Wild 2, which, considering Breath of the Wild is just the most incredible game. The fact that there's a sequel in the same world, the same style. Hopefully they're going to bring back some dungeons. Hopefully they're going to have some decent bosses because that's the one thing that Breath of the Wild didn't do very well, um, in my opinion. Um, the fact that that's coming, I think, was a big surprise when it was announced. Like, But that was also, yeah. you know, over a year ago now. So I think we've known about it for a little while. We don't have enough information to get truly excited about it. But with next year being the 35th anniversary of the first Zelda... I think it's quite likely we're going to see it next year. And I am very, very excited about that. I am looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting to see if it's the same, because if it's the same map, but then maybe with some dungeon areas, it's like, well, I know this map. The, what I loved about Breath of the Wild yeah. was that it was completely new. I had no idea that there was something. I could, no idea I could even go to a mountain, let alone go the other side of it and there was a village or whatnot. It's, yeah, that's what I love. Whereas I would love it if, which would be really cool, if they did like a mirror map where it was the whole thing and it was in a mirror um yeah. it, it could be it could even like not just as a new game plus kind of cool quirky feature but some weird uh i don't know they could even include it in the story for breath of the wild 2 kind of mirror it or whatever i just i want it to be different i want to have that sense of exploration that i got in breath of the wild one which i don't know if they will if it's the same map yeah i think to carry that on they will need to they will need to have a new map, but it's definitely the same world, I think. But hopefully, oh, okay. it will be, it will be a new map to explore. I just but think Breath of the Wild is just so perfect at that, at what it does, at the exploration. It's going to be hard to replicate that. True, but then now we get we get more, we get even more Zelda. Is it Breath of the Wild too? Is this going to be? This is the. Well, no, there was Zelda too, wasn't there? Uh, First, like, are you, what are you thinking in terms of sequels? Yeah. Well, Majora's Mask is technically a sequel to Ocarina. Okay. So this is, it, there is precedence for sequels. Right. 
but just not called exactly the same. I mean, I'm presuming they're not going to call this Breath of the Wild 2. No. It's just what it's known as now. What's it um, called? Oh, maybe, yeah, Breath of the Wild, Fart of the Wild. Oh, be over the wild. <laughs> so, basically, are we Zelda fanboys <laughs> or are we wild. Final Fantasy fanboys? You know Is, is basically the question here. Yeah, my answer, 100%. Well, yours is Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16. And I'm going to say Breath of the Wild 2. Or Party Animals. Or should we speak <laughs> to Party Animals? Let's, I can't give this to Party Animals, I'm sorry. <laughs> it looks super fun, but it cannot compete with these, I'm sorry. I feel like, yeah, if somebody said to me, what game would you want to play right now? Final Fantasy 16 would be there. Can we just have a joint win for, for this? It's the last yeah, award. It's on, the only one. Nice. It's the only one. We're not going to do a joint win when it comes to Game of the Year stuff. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, Breath of the Wild 2, Final Fantasy 16 are our joint winners of most wanted 2021 game. And there we we're going so it. well. We weren't any, there weren't any kind of there wasn't any kind of real controversy or real like arguments going on. I know that was surprising. But the light at the end, we're like, let's just not have an argument two hours yeah. into this. <laughs> well, we still have game of the year next week, so there is still plenty of time for some arguments. Yes, can we play more Thirteen Sentinels and get that to number one? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> now, nah, probably not going to play much of that uh, this week. I want to go really balls deep into uh, Hades and Ghosts of Tsushima. Do it. And maybe some Assassin's Creed as well, although we'll see if that creeps on. Let's see, let's see. Well, you will have to tune in next week to find out what our final top 10 game of the years are. And yeah, and thank you very game much to everybody for watching this extra special long. We normally get under very an long. hour. This was two hours, 15. <laughs> um, Good. I'm guessing when I do, when maybe I, we'll when cut we do this. show this. Yeah, then maybe we'll put it into two parts. Uh, but that was, uh, yeah, that was our game of the year let's just, should we quickly go through the ones that are uh are the announcements so go through our winners right the split screen awards 2020 the best depiction of england uh goes to assassin's creed valhalla with watchdogs legion in uh second place the best backlog game is fire emblem three houses with yep. devil may cry five in second place the best music score final fantasy 7 remake with No Straight Roads in second. Would you like to take over? Uh, best Narrative goes to If Found with 13 Sentinels runner-up. Best you Lockdown what, Game. What did you call it again? Sorry. You call it 13 oh, Sentinels. Oh, The Rim Game. Yeah. The Rim Game. The Rim Game. Um, best Lockdown Game goes to Animal Crossing with Among Us a very close second. Mm -hmm. Biggest Fad of 2020 goes to Fall Guys with Genshin Impact runner-up. Please don't everyone hate us. <laughs> Shit show of the year, undoubtedly Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, nothing is runner up. This this uh, this podcast runner up. Yeah, exactly. Best visuals goes to Ghost of Tsushima, runner up Final Fantasy seven remake. Best remake goes to Final Fantasy seven remake. We didn't pick a runner up. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, let's just say Demon Souls. Okay, Persona five, right? <laughs> One of them. Fine. <laughs> Uh, they did more I mean Persona 5 Royal wasn't they just added some stuff and made it a little bit better Demon oh. Souls come on we've both played Demon Souls okay yeah there we go yeah I do want to play 
smaller than that. Yeah, okay, there we go. Best LGBTQ plus game goes to Tell Me Why with If Found a Very Close Second. Mm-hmm. Best game for streaming, Among Us with Animal Crossing a second. And our joint most wanted games of 2021 are Final Fantasy 16 and Breath of the Wild 2. With Party Animals as runner-up. <laughs> yes, sure. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Got that in. We should probably won't even come out next year. All right, well, that was it. That was the uh, 2020 Split the Screen Awards podcast. Thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> thank you. you are yeah. even still here. <laughs> if anybody's still here, thank you very, very much. Um, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas because we're not going to be back until after Christmas. Until exactly. New Year's Eve. Eve where we're going to be giving our top 10 games of the year and crowning Split the Screen's first ever game of the year for 2020. We will see you there next week. Now, stay cool or... Wait, no, what's the phrase? Be Be there there or be split. split.